Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter. Joe Avella. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Joe Avella. On Instagram, I'm Joe Avella. And by the way, I started a new Facebook page for myself, my, my pro journalism page, oh. which is also Avella Joe, I think. So hit me up on that page or hit me up on the Instagram, I guess Twitter, but. I mean, there I, are no shortage of ways to hit us up. I've given out my phone number on this podcast before. We're very open with our fans. <laughs> yeah, call Brett and just leave a message for me if you really want to get a hold of me. No it's one calls fine. me, but telemarketers and people tell me I've won cruises. Hey, that's nice. Yeah, uh, don't think they're legit. Uh, if you wonder why we opened with that Roy Orbison song, it's because in the trailer for Jigsaw they use that, and we'll be talking about that a little bit. We'll be talking about. Uh, a lot of movies this week. Yeah, I, man. It's been at least bi- two weeks, three weeks since we've had a uh, one like this. Yeah, we we've been you know inundated with with guests. It's been great. Uh, so we haven't had a chance to just talk about movies we've watched or if talk we had, about news that's happened. Have we had a normal one since we did Losers Club? No. So we have to plug that. Yo, shout out to Losers Club. We did an episode of Consequence of Sound Stephen King podcast called The Losers Club. With uh, it's hosted by Randall Colburn and a bunch of others, wonderful seven, gentlemen. Seven other dudes. Seven other dudes. <laughs> uh, it's a great show. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing that episode. Yeah, it was great. We, we did an episode about uh, ranking all the sh- uh, the the shorts from both Creep Show and Creep Show Two. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, very long. I think we all agreed that uh, spoiler the crate is the best one, right? Uh, most of pretty you unanimous. did. I didn't. I didn't rank that one as highly. I did love it though. It. it I guess it is the most like distilled down to its parts. Like it yeah. has everything you'd want. It's sharp. It's a good um, one. I love that one from Creep Show Two, The Raft. I thought that was great. Oil slick. The oil slick. No, yeah. Oil slick five hundred times. Oh, <laughs> I counted. It was like seven. But or eight. you could. It, Instead of watching Creep Show or Creep Show Two, you can listen to the podcast where we talk about it, and it's like probably longer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so do that. It was a, a bit of a long one, but I didn't mind at all. It was really fun. I'm really glad it's out there, and that show uh, seems very popular. And I'm glad we got to do it. And those gents will all be on our show one day soon, talking about some sort of Stephen Kingy thing, I presume, because there's a no, no shortage of Stephen King no shit, shit coming which out we'll too. be talking about today. So between Brett and I, we've seen about 20 movies in the past two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a long just uh, hopefully I can remember some of them. A lot of them are not memorable at all. Yeah. So it'll be hard to pull some deets. We'll Th- see. Thanks to uh, uh, Sam Zimmerman's list of incredible recommendations on Shudder. I saw two of his Shudder recommendations. Well, I think one definite recommendation, the one I think was tangentially related to one of his recommendations I'll be talking about. Okay. Also uh, watched a couple things on Netflix, including, speaking of Stephen King, 1922, the horror thriller starring Thomas Jane. Is that right? He's in that? Yeah. That cool. guy. He was the Punisher once. Yes. That guy. He's the lead in it. He does great. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'll talk to you. Tom Jane's little. great. I, I feel that uh, it's not getting a lot of attention because Gerald's game pretty much blew up and became the Stephen King Netflix property to watch. And yeah. We love Gerald's Game. I think it's contender for best of the year. But it's awesome. I feel like 1922 just kind of slipped in there for whatever reason. And I think it's also uh, should be considered because I enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I also went and saw a sort of magic show two weeks ago for my honeymoon that I was going to tell Brett about. Oh. That I demand that he go sees and anyone in New York has to go see it. And I'll also uh, 
run down. I got the list of the movies that he recommended right here in front of me. If you oh, want me good. To run down I, there. I was hoping someone wrote. Yeah, that I went. Down. I went. Th- I went through and listened. But uh, so, but I so a lot of the stuff I saw is like streaming on those services. But Brett over here saw like the saw, of the of the moment horror movies. Yeah, I did that horror comedies. Both both of them, which Ooh. are not my forte. I really shit on Final Girls a few years ago when that came out because everyone. It was just one of those movies that came out of festivals, got such high praise from like the horror community. And then I saw it and I was like, what the fuck? That happened two more times this week with two two more movies that I saw nothing but raves for on Twitter yeah. that I just didn't understand at all. Um, I also went to the theater and saw a bunch of stuff that's not horror that I'll still talk about, including a highly recommended, uh, the new Martin McDonough film, which was uh, Three Billboards Outside damn, Ebbing, Missouri. So bad. It's out in New York, maybe only for now. It'll be out soon, everywhere. Um, oh, we can also talk a little bit about Creep too. We we talked with Patrick yes. Price last week, but we should uh we didn't. Uh, I mean, if you listen to that episode, clearly we liked it. We yes. loved it actually, but I wouldn't mind having a conversation with you about it. Totally. Granted, at this point now, it's been a month since we've seen it. Uh, maybe. Might be hard it's to there. Might be hard to uh, recall the facts. And I finally watched Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine, yeah. and I can echo Joe's uh, praise and say, watch that shit Fucking immediately. Badass, right? <laughs> yes, it is insane. Yeah, don't have it considered horror, but no, definitely it's gonna gross have a, though. Yeah, yeah, right. There are some really it's like green gross room, where it's kills. Like every time, like he breaks someone's arm or face, you're just like, oh god. Yeah, it's not. I that, bet it's, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, it has short bursts of extremely disgusting, like, oh. Yeah. I didn't oh, know yes. that was about to happen. Yeah, it's gross. Check it out. Yeah. And I'll finally talk Jigsaw. I'll finally talk. I saw this movie called The Square from the director of uh, Force Majeure. I thought I you said you already Swedish. Did you know talk about it before? I don't think I did. I may okay, have mentioned cool. it to you. I think you mentioned, no, you saw when we were when we were talking with, uh, I guess maybe it was Charles Bromesco saw it. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe he said he saw it. I heard about it a while ago. So you finally saw it. Yeah. Fuck, I want to see it so bad. It's over long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, but it's mostly really cool. Okay. That's Ca- my Caroline, take. what's her name? I almost said Caroline Moss. That's when it works in PI. Yeah, no. What Who? was it? Uh, uh, the girl from uh, uh, Mad Men. Oh, Elizabeth Moss. See, I was right with the Moss. You were right. Yeah. You want to flick that light switch on? I feel like we're sitting in the dark. Sure do. That's how the sausage is made, folks. Joe's turning on the light. By the way, before we get started, I got to give a shout out to Brett. He really did did it upright in his bedroom here. He's got a rug. It's really nice. It matches. I'm seeing two end tables on either side of the bed. I'm seeing a little, what do you call this thing down here? A storage bench. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. New sheets and the cats look at home. (laughs) Homeboy, uh, homeboy amped it up a little bit. He's, he just told me before he's seen a personal trainer. Mm. Yeah, things are things are looking right, up. Right. Have you changed your diet at all? Yes, it's horrible. What is it? Well, because my diet before, I just had no regard for yeah, what, that's not health, a diet. what healthy eating so, is. Yeah, so your diet was I just existed. ate g- garbage. Whatever yeah, you wanted. Yeah. I, I ate fast food all the time. I ate yeah, just fried garbage all the time. Yep. So now I'm not only am I eating better, but like. Portions matter to me now. Yes, that's right. Yes, and yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. But I'm doing it. That's why people who don't do it like look and feel so bad. And that's why I'm paying <laughs> a personal trainer to force me to do it. Because yeah. I've tried, you know how many gym memberships I've had for like a month or two and then I just stop and yeah. then I... Yeah. So now I feel like I'm forced to. And yeah. I don't... Like the relationship between me and this guy isn't going great. But I'll... Uh, You're paying him to I'm get you I'm paying him shape. to yell at me. Yeah. So it'll be fine. Good. 
Uh, I got two lamps on the way. This lamp's getting out of here. This desk is sliding over. All right. Look at this guy. Renovations. A, a, a new adult Brett. A yeah. new adult Brett Arnold. I grew up all in one week. Yeah. You know what the, wor- the, the hardest thing about uh, staying in shape in regards to the diet is the snacks at work. And yes. You, and the snacks at your work are you fucking You know insane. that. Like yeah. people, we, we've done a couple uh, interviews at uh, Yahoo. Well, maybe I guess we one when Sam yeah. was on. And Jesus Christ, I cannot believe the snack situation at Yahoo. Like the food and snack situation, it's a miracle not everyone is obese over there. I know it's bad. It, 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 people listen to me. Like they just have like trays of like candy bars and There's like and, and full and size Snickers yeah. and Kit Kats every day. And you have like There's uh, bags of Tate's cookies. All those what's the cereal like cereal dispensers? So you yeah, just have like all like different Kashi types of cereal. and oh, like whatever else. And like Checks. you know, my work has. A couple snacks, and of course I'm always snacking on them. I think like, ah, fuck, I ate too many granola thingies or you know chocolate covered pretzel right. thingies, and just. But the good up. thing about having all these snacks is that there's also the healthy options. I've noticed. I never noticed them until last week, but now I'm like, like, wait a second, this bowl of fruit is real. I thought it was yes, decoration. I thought it was decoration. I have been eating bananas and apple. Yeah. Every time I want to go get what I, you know, a week ago would have had a Snickers bar, mm-hmm. get an apple instead. Right. We'll, we'll talk That's about great. horror movies in a second But one thing that I think is really funny <laughs> And I do this a lot Whenever I do it I'm like what's my problem Where I'll be snacking on something fruit flavored Like why not just eat fruit <laughs> I just had fruit snacks Yeah, like yeah exactly Like, like oh my god we have, we have fruit snacks at work now Go get them I'm like, eating them I'm like no, that one tastes like apple That one tastes like cherries And just a bowl of apples and cherries Next to the fruit snacks Just eat the fucking fruit idiot yeah. I think that every time Like just eat the fruit if you if you leave this podcast with anything today, I hope it's that. Yeah, eat just, the fruit. Yeah, eat. Don't eat fruit flavored things. Just eat fruit. That's smart. Thank you. That's All why right. Joe is so svelte. Am I? No, my wifey was giving me some attitude. Uh, was she? Well, we well we went to uh, we'll we'll kind of ease into the horror movies as they say. <laughs> uh, last night was my man Tim's uh, birthday, so we did some karaoke. Went to a cool karaoke spot that's right by the BI office. It's right off of. Uh, Union Square, like between 5th and 6th on 17th. Okay. Uh, huh? Like one of those places. Like can... upper level, like mm. up an elevator sort no, no, of place? No, no, no. It's on, it's on the ground floor. It's one of those you rent. I think they have like six rooms. Oh, your own room. Yeah, rent like uh, private rooms. have a bar and everything. And when we're walking there, we walk past the McDonald's I go to for breakfast sometimes. I'm like, oh, I go here for breakfast sometimes. And ever since the whole night, Mo's like, that's why you're such a fat ass. I'm like, <laughs> like I think before she was kind of like thinking like, nah, maybe you should exercise more. But then when I told her. I go to McDonald's. She's like, you did this. She's like, fuck you. Then, of course, we drank three pitchers of beer between the two of us. That didn't help. That's another big part of the diet is instead of drink. Like, if I go out and drink, I'm not al- I'm not, not allowing myself to go out and drink. Sure. But I'm not drinking IPAs when I'm out. I I'm know. drinking, like, a Tito's and soda. Yeah. It's a good <sighs> idea. But it's funny. My life has gotten so sad. No, you can still, I mean, you know, I mean, I think we're at the age now. I'm going should- to Dead & Company tonight. And normally I'd be Bring psyched. a grilled chicken breast. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> uh, sneaking chicken breast into the show. MSG Please. has a lot of good garbage food that I like. Like I usually would get this like chicken finger platter with all this shit. Uh, tonight may have to find some the grilled chicken yeah, section. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna find it there. It's all gonna no. be. I, I would suggest eating before you go. I'm gonna eat before I go. I'm gonna drink Tito's and sodas there. Good, because all they have is beer. We're, dude, we're adult men. We should be drinking liquor. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, at some point, you just gotta stop drinking beer. I yeah. love beer. Well, I love having a beer, but I mean, this whole week I haven't. Like, I've gone out a lot this week, yeah. and every time I just drink. I mean, if you're specific about what you want to drink, it's more expensive too. Like sure. Tito's isn't the cheapest, right. but Whatever I don't want to drink well. Why not? 
I don't know. Aren't we better than that, Joe? I don't know. You make more money than I do, <laughs> Mr. Stock Markets. Oh, my God. Stock Markets. I don't know. We're not talking about that. Did I talk about the movie pass shit on here? That was nuts. You did. We're not talking about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, also, things I did this week that are notable. I saw the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Oh, how was that? It was awesome. It's still good? They, oh, you know who would happen? You would find this interesting. What? You know the name of the woman who wrote the book, Meet Me in the Bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Lindsay something? I don't know her name, yeah. Lizzie she, something, yeah. She introduced them oh, cool. at the show, but they kind of pulled a bait and switch before the band came out. She came out and introduced a documentary about them, about the making of Fever to Tell. Oh, that's, cool. That, that is attached to the vinyl that I just got. Uh-huh. Um, but they introduced it and then we're like, here's the giant screen. We're going to watch it before the show. And everyone was like, oh, God, is this going to be like an hour and a half? Like, what the fuck? How long was it? It was like under half an hour. But it was still almost half an hour. And we're all like, it was about, you know, we'd already been waiting. It it's was so like, funny. It's like, it was the time for the show to Ladies and gentlemen, the yeah, yeah, yeahs, but first. Yeah, uh, I know. I was kind of mad. But yeah. then, you know, it was just short enough where once it was over, I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Now play. So uh, that was kind of like when uh, the Slipknots opened for Slipknot. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No. Conan O'Brien had this fucking hilarious bit back when it was like still the late show where they just had they, they did this one joke where they were like, hey, we made a mistake uh, the other night in booking where, uh, you know, t- last week we had the band Slipknot on here, but our, our and here's the footage of them playing and like, but uh, we actually double booked this other group called the Slipknuts that got canceled. So I guess we'll have them right now. And basically it was John Glazer, Brian McCann, and I forget the other one <laughs> might've been, um, uh, 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 Brian stack. They yeah. come, they come running out and like one of them throws a, uh, uh, like a bucket of nuts on the ground. And then they're like, like the three guys are like, where the slip nuts. We're totally nuts. We're doing our bit and the slip and some nuts. And then like, it, it ends with, uh, I think glaze like slipping and being like, oops, I fell down on some nuts. It's like, it's like 10 seconds long. And of course, t- typical Conan O'Brien thing where, the whole joke is that's the stupidest thing ever. This is yes. your job. This, so his he, characters are the best. Masturbating. I, yeah, yeah. It was one of those, one of those sort of things. So they kept bringing it back every once in a while with the Slipknots, and then eventually they had the Slipknots open for Slipknot, and they even did it like like so they had you know what I'm sure like Madison Square Garden or some major thing, <clears throat> and like they like they even announced like ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Get ready for Slipknot. And it goes a fucking crazy. But first, here's the Slipknots. <laughs> and they come running out and doing it. And you just see everyone in the audience like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's only like 10 seconds long. You like, start yeah, a riot. They started throwing stuff. I mean, literally, the song they sing, I, it's maybe eight seconds long. It's so short. It's like a one joke thing. And even in that short period of time, people start fucking throwing shit at them. The Slipknots. But I just think it's so funny that like just being like, are you ready? Yeah. But first, this other thing you didn't want. It's like whenever someone has like a a stand-up comedian open for a music act, it's like, don't do that. It's nobody wants to hear fucking jokes. They want to scream and get drunk and hear music. I'm the, trying to remember. I've seen a comic do that. And I don't remember. That's not helpful. I, I mean, uh, uh, what's a, I think um, Super Chunk used to do that a lot. They'd always have like um, that's right. Todd Barry and, yes. and, and, and Eugene Merman. But you see that, and, and, and David Cross would open for bands, and you see the, the footage of it, and it's like, it's literally them Everyone's trying. Everyone's just talking. And just yelling and just them being like telling a joke and like halfway through it to like, Talking to the audience member who's interrupting it. Oh my God, Paul Tompkins has that really funny bit where he opened for, I think it was Super Chunk. I, I don't remember what band. And it's, it's on his album where he talks about all of his uh, yeah. his best album, the one where he talks about all of his showbiz jobs. And he just talks about how he, he they were merciless at him for like his 20 minute set and just like constant throwing shit and making fun of him. I'm not going to repeat the bit, but check it out. 
good bit. I uh, want to get into some uh, bits and pieces. Let's get into some news. Bits and pieces. Pieces. Joe was short circuiting. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, this is a couple of weeks old now, probably. Holy shit. I mean, I have to say, before, you hear, before we read this news, I think you and I have a pretty good streak of like uh, predicting the future. But this is like, this is it's almost like someone... This was an easy one, I feel I, like. Yeah, I don't know. When I saw this, I was just like, ah, uh, yes. The universe, lots of stuff's happened in the world right now. Last year was a crazy year. The Cubs won the World Series for some strange reason. Donald Trump was elected president. Every and, celebrity died last yeah, year. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that happened last year. Like, what the fuck's going on? And I feel like this year already... Everything's starting to slowly course correct. The Cubs are back to being terrible. Uh, Trump can't get anything done. Uh, the, the FBI is moving in on him and his colleagues. And now this happens. Read the headline, please. Uh, Universal's MonsterVerse in peril as top producers exit. Mm. So if you remember... Last year I went fucking off... Because yeah. this idea of reviving these old properties like fucking Dracula and the Invisible Man and whoever else gives a fuck. Yeah, it was, it was like Wolfman, Bride yeah. of Frankenstein. It was, it was like lunacy. It was almost like a joke. It was like something out of The Simpsons. Like, what? Yeah, so uh, on the episode with Harris Marison where I reviewed The Mummy, where we reviewed The Mummy. Yeah. Uh, you guys we, you guys were, you, I listened to that episode. It was like you guys were, were reviewing like a car crash you were in. You were, yeah. just, you were just like so bummed. I, I apologized to him like a hundred times for making him buy a ticket. It, yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for him too. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll pay for it. I'm sorry. He's got the late show money. He's fine. <laughs> um, so Universal's, uh, the mummy was supposed to be the start, even though Dracula Untold technically may have been the start. Universal, for the first time, put a logo before the movie that said Dark Universe. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be this big thing. They did a whole photo shoot with uh, Russell Crowe and Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem was going to be the Wolfman? Yes, and Johnny Depp was going to be Visible Man. Uh -huh. They were talking about uh, Angelina Jolie was going to be the Bride of Frankenstein. So they had this whole thing. They did this whole publicity thing where they're basically like, hey... The Mummies the start of this new Universal Monsters Tom thing. Cruise Get on can't board. Miss, right? Tom yeah, Cruise. Tom Cruise doesn't fail. We're going to do it. Uh, cut to what? When did that movie come out? Beginning of the summer. Cut to like the end of the summer. Yeah, I was in Iceland, yeah. Five months after, uh, the two writer producers who were like the, in charge of it, Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan, uh, gone. Of They're course. done. Of they course. left the franchise. They got their dough and they kicked it around for a while and they're like, fuck this, I'm out of here. So the mummy, excuse me, it didn't make, it made 409 million worldwide. Its budget was 125 plus. But if you remember, I said then, and I still say now, and this article also says that budget is like underreported. Apparent, apparently it's way more. Of course. Plus I mean, the 100 million marketing. Yeah. So that movie barely, maybe broke even. And for whatever reason, they don't consider foreign box office. I mean, I know it's, Maybe the profits just slipped, uh, set up differently, but it seems like it doesn't matter how much a movie makes overseas if it doesn't make its money back in America right away because it's considered a flop, right? Yeah, and that movie... Which doesn't make any sense. I mean, money's money, right? But who knows? Yeah, the box office mode... I'm trying to figure out how much it made domestic because it wasn't good. It made under 100 domestic. 80. That's fucking insane. Insane for a movie whose budget is 125. That thing, I don't, I don't know where, anyone else, where the people who listen to this uh, show live, but here in New York City... That that month leading up to that, it was like you thought you thought the fucking mummy like took over the city. Yeah, that, you couldn't look at a surface without seeing fucking Tom Cruise, that stupid looking mummy on it. The trailer was in front of everything. You go on YouTube or Facebook, there's like a whole page is just the mummy rap everywhere. It, you could not escape 
yeah. that movie. My favorite part about these two guys leaving is that they're both like no, this franchise means nothing to them. Like Kurtzman is all, like he's he's an executive producer on Star Trek, the new show that's yeah. doing great. Everyone yep. loves it. Yep. So he's like, I got that. Don't worry about it. And Chris yeah. Morgan is involved. I think he's written most of the Fast and Furious movies, or he used to write them, yeah. and now he's mo- he's going back to that franchise to write that spinoff with Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. Yeah, what the fuck? And what's going on with Tyrese? Oh, so that whole thing. Holy Sidebar. Shit. Yeah. Uh, he's currently going through a uh, divorce custody battle. Yeah, so it's crazy to think about, because Tyrese should be one of the richest men alive. He's been in the... Every movie or every Huge movie since the first one, yep, yep, yep. Uh, or since the second one, excuse yeah. me. He's been in every Fast and Furious movie, and those movies make so much money. I'm sure he's got back end deals yep. in addition to what he makes. But he was complaining about being broke, and the reason he's publicly talking about it is because he's mad that instead of making Fast and the Furious Nine next, they're doing the, the studio is doing a spinoff so, then nine. Yes, yeah, so it's a year he's not gonna get paid. So it was a year that he's not getting paid and he flipped out. He's saying the rock basically he blamed the rock for joining the franchise for, you know, derailing it and making yeah. it about himself. He's gone off on him. That's so funny. But, said, but if they wanted what's his Tyrese's character in that movie? Uh Roman. Yeah if they wanted Roman to make a, if they want to make a Roman movie next year, he'd be like, Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, fuck yeah he yeah, would. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the, the audience needs the Roman Pierce movie or whatever <laughs> so he just went ape shit he's apparently they've resolved it since of course I, at first I thought it was like marketing like fake bullshit because yeah. before there was this whole food feud between who was it the rock and Vin Diesel for the yeah. last one yep. but then you watched the movie and you saw that they were not even in a scene together they were all there was always working around them being in a scene together like oh that wasn't a bit easier that they're actually fighting yeah. so this was actually real too it appears he says in that video that he's paying his wife thirteen thousand a month yeah and if and and if anyone uh, doesn't know pretty much how divorce uh lawyering goes especially in uh, california since i'm assuming his wife does not have a job because she's taking in 13 g's a month i think he's paying for her lawyer and his lawyer imagine that imagine not only getting divorced, having to pay thirteen grand a month in alimony payments, but also you're paying her lawyer. Is that how that works, really? Yeah. Well, if she doesn't have a job, who's going to pay for it? Mm. I mean, if he's not paying for it directly, where's that thirteen? Paying 000? her lawyer to like work against you? Incredible. Yeah, because you would have to. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, but then the craziest thing about it is he's all talking about how so two things. So, so, so he basically framed it as my kids aren't going to be able to eat because of the rock. Like that's kind of what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, well by the way, he has a Benihana's and I think a Starbucks <laughs> on his property. Do you know that? No, no, I'm sorry. He has a Benihana's and he had like a mini Benihana's built in, on the property where he like entertains guests. Do you know that Benihana uh it's owned by Steve Aoki's dad? What? Yeah. Holy shit. Steve Aoki is rich already before uh, he was a DJ. I think and he and he knows uh he knows uh, uh Damon John. I think, oh, they're, the, they're, I think they're from the, the, the same shark. neighborhood or something. Or I don't know. <laughs> Man, I, anyway, uh, but anyway, so Tyrese, well, here's the crazy thing about it. Because I saw this on Deces and Marrow, so I'm, I'm boiling it down. I think it's so funny. So after Tyrese goes online and basically says, I have no money. My kids aren't going to eat everything. I need help. He says two things. One, he goes the next day and says, Jada Pickett Smith called him. And the Smiths yeah, talked yeah. to him and gave him $5 million. Yeah, I saw Loaned that. him or gifted him $5 million. That's and that, and Right there, you're like, hey, that's amazing. Friends looking out. I'm sure they have it. Good for them. They go back, you know. Look, right. Then he's on, Deces and Merrill pulled up this other video where he is like in his mansion talking about uh, his chef, his, per, his personal chef, who's like been with the family for years and really good. And I guess he's having some sort of issue with his family. So in the videos, he's like, hey man, 
I got you. I'll help you out. Like basically just saying like whatever like financial woes his uh, chef. Don't worry about it, chef. He's like, don't worry about it, chef. I'm going to take care of it. And it's like, dude, yesterday you needed a $5 million loan (laughs) from your rich friends. And now already you're just being like, well, now we know why. My homie's having a hard time. So I'm going to help. I'm like, no, why don't you fucking sell the Benihana's on your property? Or I don't know what he could do for it. He also has a nightclub on his property. The whole thing is fucked. Yes. Back to the monster thing. That was a nice sidebar. Yeah, it was. It was very good. Excellent sidebar. Thank you. Uh, so in early October, Universal already pulled the plug on pre-production that had started for Bride of Frankenstein, which was supposed to be the second movie in the, in the series. And they say partly because executives felt the scripts by David Coep and overseen by director Bill Condon, who directed the fucking awful Beauty and the Beast remake that just made over a billion dollars and everyone loves. I can't believe it. I don't, I've never seen a trailer for that movie. It's unwatchable. I walked out of that movie. Dan Stevens is the beast, which is funny. Dan Stevens is everybody. Is yeah. everything. Uh, Angelina Jolie was is not attached anymore. Of course not. Insiders say Bill Condon remains attached, but no date is set, and the and it's been shelved. Not going to happen. Uh, do you think the Invisible Man's not going to happen? You think what? You think the Invisible Man is not going to happen? No, which none of it's going to happen. I oh, think none man. of this is going to happen. This is the most exciting part. Universal's exploring its option. Well, this is funny too. Emblematic of Dark Universe's problems is the is the office building on the Universal lot that was revamped at considerable expense for the new venture after being decked out in monster regalia. What? It now sits empty. What? Oh my god, that is so fucking funny. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> there's some. There's what some, a bunch of idiots. There's some office with a bunch of monster shit. They, there, like, oh my god, and no that's one works so there. Fucking. Fu- I can't believe that. That's that hilarious. is that is typical fucking giant budget studio system shit. This is the same. St- studio that probably was like uh yeah you know we just can't uh we just can't muster another a couple hundred thousand to help you know whoever finished their movie yeah sorry guys just we're out of money cut to take that snowman money yeah and we're gonna put it yeah it, it, <laughs> in this, this office. oh my god that's so <laughs> fucking funny that, 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 that oh that's sad uh this is great news though what one ex- option they're exploring involves offering the ip to high profile filmmakers or producers jason blum has been mentioned i hope blum just goes no fuck that shit (laughs) he knows as well as you know as well as i know and as well as our listeners knows no one gives a fuck about fucking frankenstein or dracula they've tried for decades it's like every six years there's a new frankenstein or new dracula they just right i i I don't know these things don't succeed because no one cares anymore i'm gonna say they don't panther who gives a fuck i'm gonna yes that one i agree i'm gonna say i don't i think these could work if they're treated as horror instead of the the action horror that they've been i mean in theory, i don't understand why theory, they did the mummy as an yes, action again in theory but these things were only popular at a time when there was nothing else maybe that's right, right? maybe there's no way to make it work what makes what made all those things scary back in the day or whatever has there was been, nothing else has right. been co-opted into standard horror culture yeah. there's nothing interesting about dracula i guess that's true i think salem's lot that should be a movie and they can make you know, the, the main character in that was like the old school Nosferatu Dracula. Right. And they wanted to make that. That could be very good. But this idea of like... Just I mean, like basic origin bullshit. The only care. reason Bram Stoker's Dracula is very good, and some might argue that it's not good, is first of all, it was Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. And second of all, it was based off the the, the, the classic Dracula novel. They didn't right. like update it. It's kind of yeah. weird that... You don't think of it as weird that Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder's in that movie. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But the movie's... I remember it being good. I haven't seen it. I loved it when it came out. I have to watch it again. Yes, yes, yes. But that when they're talking about Jason Blum, their ideas are for one-offs that aren't connected to a larger universe, which I think is the way to go because nobody gives a shit about universes. That's for sure. No no one's ever... Man, what if Dracula and Frankenstein could team up to do what? (laughs) 
Yeah. Right? Who, what would they do? Fight Abbott and Costello or something? I don't know. <laughs> and this one, they beat Elvis, Abbott and Costello? <laughs> they win. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, they could CGI Costello's getting pummeled to death by Frankenstein. Why? Uh, box office analysts are pointing to, like, Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok's success as, like, a reason why that this, there's still hope for this universe. Because, like, yeah, we fucked up. We know that. But these movies came after big fuck ups, okay. and, they're, and they're still good. Well, were those so movies, it's never too late to course correct. Were those correct. movies? Were the, were the movies that uh, preceded one before? I mean, Spider Man. Yes, that makes sense. The Amazing Spider Man Two was awful. Everyone hated it. But, didn't make but much Thor. Money. What, what were the ones that came before Thor? The other Thors didn't do very well. The they, second they Thor did didn't okay, do great. right? They did okay. This one just is like crushing, and it's yeah. good. I saw it. This is one that was that Takiti Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. It's 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 still a Marvel movie, but it's it's fun, and it it is a comedy before it is anything else that's um, weird it is weird uh but my favorite line is the la- the box office analyst saying there's no way to give up on this this is universal's legacy because i mean they are universal monsters that's bullshit there's but no way like, to give up yeah. on this because they've already sunk like a uh, hundred million dollars into this <laughs> at least uh yeah that's uh that's yeah, a little that's bummer. funny what else uh, can I tell? Uh, can I can I throw two bits of crazy news? I'm sure everyone's heard, but still got to talk about it. Yeah. Because of movie related news. Uh, so first of all, I think it is totally insane. All this Kevin Spacey stuff. It's, well, all it's this. Really, it's really tragic. All this men in Hollywood stuff. It's just like yeah. last year. All I heard a guy say this when I was walking around the street yesterday. I just overheard. He's like, last year, all the celebrities died. This year, all their careers are dying. Good one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Kevin Spacey thing is, is particularly unsettling because he went after What's-His-Face when he was 14. That's kind yeah, of... Yeah, the kid, the guy from Star Trek Discovery. I forget his name. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I know he was in... He wasn't in Dead Poets Society. No, he was in... Uh, uh, what's the what's the one with uh, where Brendan Fraser's uh, secretly Jewish in a boarding school? Oh my god! School I ties. just watched that. School, school ties. ties. Yeah, he was he was the one with the thick glasses. Like he was like, oh, what's up, Jew? Is that something like that? Like right? He was like the really <laughs> smarmy one. But that guy's in a bunch of stuff. I'm pretty sure he was also the geeky friend in Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, guy's been around for a while. Alan? No, it's not Alan Tudyk, but it's like no. something like that. Um, it's Alan something. I thought. Anyway, so it's crazy that all this is happening and it's unfortunate and. But what's fucking crazy as far as movies are concerned, they're we talked about this. I think maybe we maybe we texted back and forth this. They're fucking they're taking that soon to be released Kevin Spacey movie, All the Money in the World. Is that what oh, it's called? Yeah. Yes. About the they're reshooting family. they're reshooting all of his fucking scenes with Christopher Plummer. It's out in one month. That is insane. It's out in a month. They're probably gonna spend five million dollars to do that. Because uh, everyone's maybe com- more. everyone's yeah. coming back. They're not CGIing anything, so they're gonna like get all the set pieces. They gotta go back and do all this stuff again. Get all the people back, go to all the locations, spend all this money again. Probably that's that is fucking nuts. I understand sometimes they reshoot stuff for movies that don't test well, or whatever. But I've seen the trailer for this movie. I saw the trailer an hour before the news broke. Before when I saw Only the Brave, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, but. Uh, Has it ever? Have you ever heard no, of this? No, this is unprecedented. Ridley Scott, don't give a fuck. I yeah. heard. I don't know if it's true. I saw people tweeting about it, so it's totally hearsay. But I heard that Ridley Scott just made the decision and like told them after was like, I told Kevin he's gone, and their studio was like, uh, okay, yeah, I guess that's Ridley. Scott, <laughs> I guess we'll try know? it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Ridley Scott. I mean, good for him. I guess. I mean, yeah. It's, oh, I'm glad it's happening, but it's also it's like bizarre. I've never heard of this. No, it's never happened. I figured before. they would have been like just release it, it bombs the end. Yeah, no, they're trying to get ahead of it. Now maybe because they got the headlines, maybe people will be like, mm, now I'm going to see it because yeah. it was proactive. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg it. is coming back. Michelle Williams, I think, is in it. She's coming back. Yes, the, the, movie, trail- the movie looks really it good looks too. Good. It's very fast. It's like that uh, 
Speaking of uh, disgraced uh, uh, Hollywood actors, it looks like that Mel Gibson movie, Ransom. Remember that? Of course I that remember that. That fucking movie rules. Uh, oh, and then the other bit of news that's more horror related. So again, this insane thing happened. So we knew for years that Corey Haim was, a, and both Corey Feldman, but specifically Corey Haim were victims of uh, sexual abuse when they were kids. Yes. By, the Hollywood, by people in Hollywood and in the, in the studio system. Corey, Corey Feldman, like a week or two ago on Oprah, I think it was, or maybe Ellen, outed one producer who sexually abused him, and I guess Haim as well or whatever. And recently, so first thing he does is he goes out and says Charlie Sheen molested uh, Corey Haim when they were making Lucas. Right. And and, and Sheen is Vietnamese, uh, Vietnamese. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Is Vietnamese? V- is Vietnamese Vehem- now? Vehemen- vehemently? Yeah. See, that's a hard word. Yeah. He categorically denies it, <laughs> uh, as one would. Uh, there's really no, I guess there's no proof or evidence other than his word against Hames. So Corey Hames' mom came out the other day and she said, I don't know if she was confirming or denying Charlie Sheen. She says he was molested by a different actor on the same movie, I believe. And the actor whose name escapes me was in uh, Friday the 13th part five. What's the murder mystery one? The one where they go to camp? Is it yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that's called the new beginning? New beginning, where the kid beginning. goes to like the, the 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 farm for wayward boys or whatever, wayward way, wayward teens. Yeah, and people still end up getting killed. It was the kid who gets killed first. The fat guy's eating the chocolate, and gets chocolate and everything, and like, ah, oh, you're such an idiot. And then when he's talking to the axe guy, the guy kills him, like chops him up while he's chopping wood or whatever. Yeah, and the actor's name escapes me. He says that's the kid, guy who molested him. And again, what's even weirder about it? I don't know, if, like. All this stuff is really weird and unsettling. But in both instances, if it was either Charlie Sheen or this guy, would have uh, molested Corey when these guys were like 18 or 19. That's really strange. Where did you find that news that the uh, Friday 13th guy? Uh, look up uh, Corey Haim's mom. That's what I did. And I remember that all of them are like just teasing um, the, the the interview that's going to air. I don't think anyone uh, this said is it. the uh, Is this the one? Yeah. Oh, Dominic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dominic Brassia. Yep, that's the guy. Oh, he's in a he's in a bunch of other stuff. Um, like he, he was a child a- or a teen actor in the eighties. I think he was the go to uh, you know, go to fat, fat guy, dummy, fat guy who can't like control his eating appetites, and and I think now he just spends. Oof, what's that picture of him right there? With that's American weird. Flag? Oh, don't tell me he's like a right wing. Like uh, he looks that, like like a, a right wing uh, podcaster or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't really work anymore. Yeah, just uh, a guy who was worked as a kid. Ugh. But th- th- I think Chris. that's. I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's even weirder. Like, wait, these these teenage boys were like molesting like thirteen uh, year old boys. It's really strange. It's really gross. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, it looks so, like yeah. You uh, know what? Get ready for more f- m- artists you love to be outed. I mean, this is what happens. Like. Things don't change when they're good. They change when they're bad. And considering the political climate is the attitude of the country right now, I think everyone's just throwing up their hands and being like, you know, fuck this. Like uh, women are outing men for abusing them. Adults I think it's are, the are, one positive of Trump being president is that all this shit is happening. I mean, you, do, you, don't, get, you don't get changed when from like good things. You We've pe- seen that Hollywood has more accountability than politics now. Isn't like, that it is strange? Yeah. What, isn't what's, it a, weird? what's that guy, Roy Moore? Roy Moore is... Uh, basically a pedophile and yeah. everyone's rallying around him for political reasons. Yeah, that's they rather they rather a pedophile win than a Democrat win. Or no, more specifically, and it's, fucking it's the cognitive dissonance that people try to deal with to be like, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. Right. So they're good. They, 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 they would rather, they'd rather they'd go. Rather, 
they rather intimidate an accuser and yeah. like try and paint her as like a Democrat operative. It's insane. fucking insane. It's so easy to it drives it's, me insane. It's just so easy on Twitter to be like the second's like, oh, did you hear this person you like did something bad? It's just so easy to be like, oh, the person the accuser's lying. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah, did you hear the line? Yeah, the totally line. Like people write these bullshit articles and medium blog posts and all this fucking. I see people. Whenever people are like on Twitter, like, look, here's all the proof this isn't true. It's always like some stupid fucking not even real news site of just someone just saying whatever the fuck they feel like. Like people just look for any evidence to to back up that they were right. And it's a real fucking bummer. And you're right. Like people are like. Kevin Spacey needs to get taken down and Louis C.K. can never yeah, work did. again. All, and it's like, I'm sorry. Their... I'm sorry. Didn't the president openly admit to groping women yeah. and, and, and has been yeah, accused of like raping president. people, including yep. a 13 year old girl. And we're all just like, oh, they're all lying. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it's all terrible. Yeah. People I fucking suck. Hey, we're cleaning house, man. We, yeah. You don't, you don't start to change to hit rock bottom. And we have... Watch out creeps. Yeah. Whew. Man, I'm so glad I'm not a creep. Yeah. Isn't it great? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes, sometimes I think, Brad, I should have been a bigger creep. But now I'm like, oh, thank God I wasn't. <laughs> thank God I wasn't. Thank God I never had any power to abuse when I was a horny teenager. <laughs> right? right? It's like, oh, man, thank God I was such a loser. Yeah. Until <laughs> until I like, uh, had an, uh, until like a couple of years ago. It's like, oh, dude, when I was in my 20s, if I had any, anything to hold over a girl, like, f- fucking forget about it. I would have been a monster. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's bad. Right? Men are bad. Phew. Moving on. Uh, Twilight Zone is coming back. Great. Did you hear this? I did not. So Twilight Zone is going to join Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access. CBS All Access is like a HBO Go sort of streaming service, except CBS regular, like CBS TV, does not play the episodes. What does? Just this app and this website. You can stream it to your TV, but it's like you have to pay six bucks a month if you want to access it, and there's no way around it. We got unless you illegally download. Can the industry it. please get in front or get get past this? Uh, the way to make money is to sell content to exclusive platforms. Right. I want to see the numbers on this. Everyone's fucking doing this now. Every time a new thing comes out, it's like it's only on blah blah blah. You're yeah. like, I don't know what that streaming service is. What is this? ABC All Access? CBS. Whatever. CBS All Access will never be Hulu, ever. Right. It'll never be whatever but Shutter, get people HBO to, Go, or any of that stuff. Why are you doing this? They can get people to pay for specific content. I don't know. I don't really understand it either. From like a, you're really putting, you're not putting a Star Trek show on TV right now. Like you're you're hiding it from so many more million eyes. I don't really get it. But I guess the model's working for them. Uh, anyway, Jordan Peele's well, getting, uh, production getting, company is on. It's is working because they get the money up front. That's how it's working. Like yeah. saying the, the the thing about the Netflix model that everybody likes is you can try and promote your movie and sell it, and then put it on DVD and shit like yourself, and have the money trickle in. Or Netflix, or or now probably CBS, are just taking it off their hands right away. It's like here's your lump sum, enough to make it and take your profit, and then we'll just have it forever. And right now, people would rather get that than like try and you know flog a movie every right. ten years or and whatever. Sp- and speaking of creeps. The CBS last tried to revive Twilight Zone in 2012 with Brian Singer. You know, Brian oh, Singer God. is like a creep, yeah. little boy creep. He's in a, all that stuff's going to come out soon. Is Brian too. Singer openly gay? You think so? Uh. Um, but it also, do you remember when it was back on in the 80s on UPN? With Forrest Whitaker hosting? I don't. I do remember when The Outer Limits came back and it was pretty good. 
the the outer limits. Uh, no, eighties wasn't the one with four. Yeah, the one in two thousand two for one season on UPN was Forrest Whitaker. I remember that one. I don't remember the eighties version. It had three seasons. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I love the old school Twilight Zone, but I I do not have any faith that this will be any. There good. are just so many other um, anthology things. Thing I mean, that- hey, it, there's always room for more, in my opinion. And like, if it's good, it'll be. I mean, it's another thing where every week it's a different thing. So maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be bad, but there'll be another one next week, and it'll be different. Yeah. I so mean, I am in, we'll I'm on board, and I mean, I hope they do Tales of the Crypt as well, because I just want as much horror anthology as possible. Will we finally get a horror show that's good? Did I tell you I tried watching uh, American Horror Story Roanoke? Roanoke. Couldn't make it th- th- through the second episode. Yeah, so I can't watch that show. I, it's bad. It sucks. And it's, it's been on for, I think, nine seasons, I think they have now. It's something like that. It's getting there. Insane. And Sarah Paulson's like in every every season. The same, the lot, a lot of them are. Evan Peters and a few other dudes. Are all, and uh, all Kathy Bates, I think. She's in a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, all right, more news. Uh, Nacho Vigalando. Yeah. Who made Colossal, which I fucking love. Love that. Uh, time Crimes. Time Crimes. Excellent. Uh, he is teaming up with Robert Kirkman, who's the creator of uh, Walking Dead. Which is still on for some reason. Yes. To create a uh, new movie called um, The Comeback. And it's based on a comic which tells the story of two men who are agents of Reconnect, a company that, for a hefty fee, mm-hmm. will rescue a loved one just before death by going back in time. Whoa. It's also an illegal venture that has come under scrutiny of the FBI. When one mission goes south and Seth meets a future version of himself, the men find themselves on the run from both the FBI and their employers who want to protect their dark secrets. Cool. I love a good uh, time travel. Yeah, thing. and Nacho's already knocked one out of the park in that regard with time crimes. That's right. And, so, uh, and parallel. Uh, Parallel universes or parallel monsters? What was the one they did? The segment he did for uh, oh VHS yeah too? yeah yeah that's right. So this is exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds good. Robert Kirkman. I used. To, I mean, I love the Walking Dead comics, so that's exciting. Yeah, you know the, the Walking Dead. It's like I'm glad. I mean this when I say uh, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad that he is very successful for doing this thing. But as far as like a show, like I, you have to be a maniac to still be watching that show. Yeah, no, it's ratings have dipped. But year fi- after find year me the person who's still like excited about The Walking Dead. It's just like, and I, whenever I see ads for like the subway posters, when it has all of them, like you know, it's like oh, you know, all out war on uh, Walking Dead or whatever it is. I look at the poster. I'm like, who the fuck are any of these people? Yeah, like, I don't, everyone's either uh, besides Rick, everyone's pretty much dead. I don't or, think I've watched since season yeah. two, maybe three. Uh, it's good for a while. It's just you know, like any show. Uh, maybe it's just me, but when I get a sense that a show's gonna go on uh, as long as people watch it. You know what I mean? When you, you at, some yeah. point, at some point you're just like this thing's there's gonna go. no ending here. Yeah, you're just like I can't I can't watch this anymore. Yeah, like you feel like enough has been resolved and I'm not ready to take on new characters and new storylines. Like I forget it. Yeah. Uh, so the longtime uh, Hellraiser makeup artist Gary Tunnicliffe, we yeah. all know, is directing the new Hellraiser, Hellraiser Judgment. He was on. Oh my god, <laughs> this guy. He the only reason he's directing it because he's, he's last man standing. Yeah. Everyone else has moved on. So he was on uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch's podcast. They have a podcast. What uh, podcast? Called the Movie Crypt. Uh, and he didn't say anything about the movie's release because no one really knows when it's coming out. But he said, "I've never worked so hard on a Hellraiser film." Well, so what? Because you were makeup before. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Directing's very hard. That doesn't just, mean you're gonna do a good he's job. He's talking it up. He said, "We did two sequences. One, the actress almost passed out. A scene that you're gonna especially love. You're gonna freak the fuck out. I'll tell you off air about it. And when I explain, you're gonna be like, Jesus Christ! It involves a small dog. No, the dog doesn't get hurt, but it goes through some trauma. And then we had three grips leave the set during a sequence because they said this is utterly fucked up." 
So that's he's see, really that's, that's, selling say that, right now. that does not sound like it's a good movie. No, <laughs> that's almost like it's it's like you know you know you have like that buddy who uh, is really obnoxious and doesn't realize it. And when he, when he tells the story of a party, he's like, "Hey, man, how's that party?" He's like, "Dude, it was so fucking awesome. I got so wasted, man. I was there all night with his party." Shit, shit in the coat room. Yeah, and then you ask someone else, like, "How's that party?" And you're like, "Oh my god, that guy was so drunk. It fucking sucked. He wouldn't leave." You know, like from his point of view, <laughs> man, they just left because they couldn't handle it. It's like that's not a good thing when the people working a movie are like are walking off set. Yeah, like no, that's funny. Well, yeah, I would not be. I'd be more like, I think I got a problem when people around the filming are storming out of the set. <laughs> The most interesting thing about this movie is that Nightmare on Elm Street star Heather Langenkamp is in it. That's not very interesting. Yeah, and it's not very interesting. No. Uh, and here's she, the, she needs the money. Here's the plot. Detective Sean and David Carter. Already, are, I uh, hate uh, it. Oh, yeah, my no. God. How what? movie shouldn't what be What was like, the one that we saw was like a, a crime noir film where like, remember that one? We thought it was a good movie or like an interesting movie, but just it was... A, Felt like the Hellraiser thing was shoehorned into it. Come on, you know this. It was yeah, the there's guy. A, there's a, there's one that was straight up not a Hellraiser movie. It's like they five just, or six. I forget what something one. to I don't do with the know. box or whatever. Yes. Like, no, the, the, the reveal at the end was like he was dead and in his own personal hell. Wasn't yeah, that it? I think so. It was a decent yeah. movie, but it was like yeah. So already they wrote in Hellraiser. Two yeah. crime, uh, two detectives. Why? Uh, they're on the case to find a gruesome serial killer terrorizing the city, joining forces with another detective. Okay, three detectives. <laughs> they dig deeper. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> And then, and then a fifth detective, five detectives. <laughs> uh, Jan Michael Vincent yeah. is <laughs> Jan Michael. Damn Paul it, God. Detective Roberts, you're out of control. I'm giving you a partner. I don't want a partner. Your partner's Detective Pinface. <laughs> <laughs> they dig deeper into the spiraling maze of horror that may not be of this world. Could the judgment awaiting the killer's victims also be waiting for Sean? Oh, like Saw. Detectives? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so Hellraiser judgment. Uh, more news. Luca Guadagnino's. Uh, not how you pronounce it? I'm certain that's not how you pronounce Luca it. Luca Guadagnino. 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 G U A D A G N I N O. Jesus Christ. I know. So this director, he did uh, "I Am Love," a bigger splash, and "Call Me by Your Name," which is coming out and has a lot of Oscar buzz. Is it a bigger splash? Is that the one with uh, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, Tilda Swinton, Ray. What's that guy's Ray name? F- Ray, Fiennes? Ray Fiennes or Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes and Dakota Johnson. Is that movie good? It was okay. Yeah, Didn't love it. They, they really forced the trailer down and throw it at us. I know. I saw that I saw that trailer a hundred times. Right. Like, uh, like Nighthawk especially was just like, yes. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that guy, he's a very critically acclaimed director. So it's interesting that he's doing Suspiria. But he uh, was talking about it with Criterion actually. Um, I have three months until I finish it. It's a very special film and I'm proud of it. I wonder all the time how people will react because that it is based on a masterpiece. I often find myself in the position of saying, oh, it's ridiculous when I hear stories that they want to remake a movie like Eight and a Half. So I don't know if I'm going to be served the same dish. But I can say that my Suspiria is a very personal film. It's like oxygen to me. When I saw the original movie 32 years ago, the emotion I felt was so strong, so mind-blowing, and so important in my upbringing. I wanted to investigate the experience I had watching that film. It's inspired by the same story, Mm -hmm. but it goes in different directions. It explores other reasons. It's semantics, of course. But I think people really have to understand that this is not a remake. Because the word remake gives the impression that we want to erase the original and the opposite is what we tried to do. So it sounds like he's a remake. Yeah. I think like, no, no one, I don't look at a remake trying to erase the original. I look at the remake like you're copying the original. And why would I watch the re- the copy when I watch the original? And I didn't get a chance to see the Suspiria uh, 35 millimeter print, that pristine print they found. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it. Hopefully, I think it'll be around. Yeah, I'm sure the Blu-ray uh, uh, version will be like really... So Suspiria, you can't really remake anyway because technically there's no story there. I mean, I've seen the movie two or three times and 
I, I love the visuals in it. You can kind of walk in and out of it whenever you want. Beautiful. But, but I mean, it's there's nothing to remake really. It just sounds like this guy's gonna make a Giallo movie that has something to do with women getting killed. And that's cool. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I just feel that like Radiohead's Tom York's doing the score. Whatever. <laughs> and he says, uh, "Fucking Johnny Greenwood getting nominated for Oscars." He's like, hey, "Fuck you, I'm, a, I'm I'll a, do one." Yeah, I'll do one, mate. All right. Um, I just feel that this movie, it probably it's gonna have nothing to do with Suspiria or look like it really. So then at the end of the day, it's like, why call it Suspiria? They're probably doing it so people will go see it because they know it's Suspiria is a property and everything's a remake now. I am not excited, as you can tell from this Suspiria remake. I will probably see it and probably think it's fine and probably be annoyed that it was made. Great. Yeah. Uh, I'll do a quick hits on some more stuff. Hit me with the quick hits. Rob Zombie's apparently doing another, uh, what do you call it, Devil's Rejects oh, movie God. with those characters, which they all fucking die at the end of, the, of that one. He's obnoxious wife and Bill Mosley and whatever. Yeah, and Sid Haig. Oh, yeah. Is uh, Sid Haig still alive? Yeah. Okay. Captain Spaulding. Captain Spaulding, Otis, and Baby. So maybe it'll be a prequel because the, I think they die at the end of the other one. Or it maybe seemed like they did. It was like a Butch casting on Sunday. Well, yeah, because they the, get shot and stuff, the right? Free Birds playing. Remember that? So annoying. Yeah, so oh I my mean, God, whatever. I when, it, it can't be worse than 31. Remember when 31 ended with Dream On? It was almost like the whole fucking song. <laughs> she like ends on the street with like that guy, that killer guy. I literally don't remember that. Oh my God. It was <laughs> so nerve-wracking. It's not like Dream On, the sucks. worst song of all time. It's the worst movie of all time. All right, next. Next, Ryan Johnson, who's directing the new Star Wars movie, Star Wars Episode Eight, mm-hmm. is also writing and directing another one another that tr- is the start of a new trilogy. Watch me never see any of this. Yeah, show. so they're really not a fucking chance of seeing this. They're really making these yeah, into uh, non-events s- anymore. Do, yeah, exactly. Like fuck, who cares? If it's not a Jar Jar trilogy, not interested. And this will make Joe laugh what because of the Weinstein fallout. A lot of <laughs> movies are getting shifted around or taken off the release schedule. Yeah, huh? Uh, including. Huh? Polaroid. I can't believe it all, Peter. If you're listening, now's your chance, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that fax script is all. Get in there, all the fax or now. die. Uh, uh, punch it up. Punch For, it up. Yeah. Send it to the the new Weinstein company, whatever that yeah, is. Get that shit on blacklist. All right, let's talk about movies we watch because okay. I think we all saw a lot. Yeah, uh, go first. I talk to you about Hell Hell House LLC. And first, talk about the the magic show. Oh, you want to talk about the magic show first? I do. Okay, so first, wait. One, two, three. What did you watch? And also go see live. What magic shows did you attend? I finally saw that show in and of itself. Uh, Sounds pretentious. No, not really. Uh, the guy who does it, I've, uh, his name is Escapes at the Moment. He was recently on Colbert talking about it. Uh, it's just an amazing show that's kind of like about identity and uh, uh, how you see yourself and how uh, you feel other people see you and uses that as a narration. Kind of, It's, it's autobiographical about his life. Uh, meeting other magicians and it all centers around a story about a uh, a pistolero who uh, uh, was like this uh, champion um, Russian roulette player um, and that kind of like just like the how he was able to obviously never shoot his brains out because he always won and uh, it's it's I don't want to give too much away because even to explain it is kind of like to do a reveal but it isn't like here's magic trick here's magic trick here's magic trick it's more sleight of hand or using the audience's assumptions in order to like uh, you know dales you with interesting tricks yeah there's a couple there's it's one of those shows where the the, the tricks are so simple to watch that when it's done you're like I can't even fucking fathom how the fuck they did that not like oh I wouldn't say oh or like in like sort of like machine or contraption he does one trick that uh, this this is a little spoilery but I mean who knows what it is I don't even know how it goes every night so he has these uh, different like little like uh, windows I'm not giving any 
that much away. Don't worry. Uh, he has like these different windows on stage, and each have like props and stuff in it. And one like looked like a uh, uh, one of those like mail things, you know, like with a bunch of mail slots in it. And he's just telling a story about like you know letters and writing and stuff like that about his life, whatever. He takes like a, a, a handful of them out. There's like a bunch just like shoved in there, like takes it out like a prop, and then. He picks someone from the uh, from the uh, audience at random, and as he's like talking to her, and she sits down on stage, just kind of like shuffling through like the letters. He's like, "Here, I'm going to give you these, and they're all from like they'll say like one's from your mother, one's from your father, one's from your sister, one's from your best friend, all this stuff." So she's like, "Why don't you just you know pick one?" She's like, "Uh, all right." She picks one. It's like, "Okay, this is one these days from your sister," and he asks her like a bunch of questions about herself. She answers them, and then he's like, "Okay, so I want you to open that right now, and that letter is from your sister." And it's uh, and she, and I want you to read it out loud to the audience. And she's like, I don't. What do you mean? He's like, open it. She opens it, and sure enough, it's a handwritten letter from her sister. That's all like, hey, it's me. I'm here with you know these family members, just writing to see how you're doing this. And it's a handwritten letter from her sister. And she's like, and we're all like, what? Yeah. Like it's and then, it's just one of these things. She's being like, no, this doesn't make sense. That like. And afterwards, she was in the lobby, and people were talking with her. She's like, "I, she's like, I'm gonna call. I'm like, I, I gotta call my sister. Cause I have no fucking clue <laughs> how this happened and how they like, like, it's stuff like that where he's just like, you, you're a random person. Let me ask you one question. Okay, hear this. And it's just like something incredibly personal to that person that kind of ties in with the show that he's doing. Yeah, it's that stuff where you're like, this does not make any fucking sense. How this could have happened? That's good magic. Yeah, it's just that type of magic. It's not like I'm gonna get in this barrel and lie. It's like, like cut a bitch in half. Yeah, it's it's that stuff where like he's just like checks in with a handful of people and like everyone's just like, how the fuck? Who are you? Are you, are you doing this? <laughs> he makes a a, a a a gold brick disappear, and it reappears. Then people he has a way of getting a. a, a People uh, uh, giving a, a intersection somewhere in Manhattan, you know, this street and that street, but like give me a number, give me a number, and just like okay, in the corner of those two streets, that gold brick is there now. And then I went, then on Instagram, people were went to go and found it. It was there. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that kind of stuff. You're just like, what the hell is going on? It was excellent. But that all sounds like it could be done with elaborate setup. No, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, technically, it was. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Well, like, but like. In my mind, when you said the sister writing a letter thing, and to me it was like she wasn't random. He knew where she was sitting. Mm, yeah, see, he, that I, I want to talk to someone who's seen the show because there's a bunch of other things. There's a thing that involves a person getting uh, volunteering in the audience to leave in the middle of the show and take this book where you like you like document what happened in the show and then bring it back. It's it's, it's something that has to do with like a uh, sailors used to do like have ship logs or whatever. Is it making like a log of the sh- the journey of this show? And then the people who come back who didn't see the show, like the things they wrote in it kind of like incorporate into the show that you're watching. It doesn't make sense in how they would have known that. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. stuff like that. We're just like, what the fuck is going on? So, yes, I know someone who's seen the show. I got to reach out to him. And, Sounds spooky. And, and be like, did this happen? Did this happen? Your thing? Because, yeah, if it is, then it's like, OK, but it didn't feel that way. And it, and it has an ending that is like so startling that. Uh, which I won't give away, that like... He kills a man on stage. People weren't applauding at the end of it because we were just like, how did that just happen? And then it was like, kind of walking out in silence like, holy shit. I can't fucking... But he does he does something... Is it super expensive? I think it was worth like a... With with fees and everything, like a hundred dollars a ticket. That's not so bad. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's right off the Union Square. He, I'm, I'm giving, speaking very general here, but he does something and it involves something on stage. It's one of those like hidden in plain sight sort of things. So when it pays off at the end, you're just like, I can't. Holy fucking shit! Like, how the fuck did no one see that coming? And you're just walking out like, uh, Mo and I we took the train home, and the whole time we're just like, 
what the fuck? Like how, 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 how? Somebody's like, how did this? <laughs> how, it broke you. Yeah, it was just like, this makes no fucking sense that he was able to do this. How did we, what the fuck? In and of itself, see it. It is okay. excellent. And um, you saw a movie. I saw a bunch of movies. Okay, so. Yeah, uh, you go, then I'll go, and we'll take Based chance. on Sam Zimmerman from Shudder's recommendations, I saw Hell House, Hell House LLC, and Digging Up the Marrow, which I don't think he directly uh, uh, suggested, but it was a suggestion, and it's also an Adam Green movie. So Hell House LLC, I definitely recommend people seeing it. It is a uh, found footage movie about a group of people who want to make a, uh, a a haunted house for a Halloween haunted house attraction. And it starts off with the footage where apparently, you know, things went wrong. Something happened in the basement of, of this attraction while it was going on. People were there. Like, people ran out of there. Like, mayhem. Uh, and some people involved were dead. So then it kind of, like, goes Let's go back to the footage, and because they were filming everything, and it, cameras everywhere, because it's also involved in like having needing security cameras everywhere to like oversee this haunted house that they built. The idea is that they built a haunted house on an actual haunted house. It was actually like some Satanist stuff and some some mass killings and stuff like that. So it kind of starts off a little like cheesy, like okay, this is why. Let's all go back and look at the footage, and then the ending kind of like tries to shoehorn a little too much into it. But I gotta tell you, man, there's some really good scares in this. There's some really yeah. good in the middle scares, you know, because it put together this haunted house, and there's people who work in the haunted house who are dressed and there's like these dummies and stuff, like like clowns and shit. And then as people are walking around with cameras and stuff, like it's like just crazy shit keeps happening. And uh, it's it's uh, got some really good scares. Definitely worth a watch. Definitely, definitely. Okay. I do recommend Hell House LLC. But really clever idea. Execution. I'll give it a solid B. Other than when I watch Adam Green movie, Digging Up the Marrow. Yeah, so, I've heard about this. Tell me about it. The concept is Adam Green kind of plays himself. Well, he does play himself. Adam Green has a production company. He's done the Hatchet movies. He has a show. Halston. Yeah. He has that show. Um, I'm not a fan, but I know a lot of horror people who are. So in the, uh, in the movie... He says that how does this how does this work out exactly? That apparently they say that there's a pit that if I remember this correctly, there's an underground world called the Marrows that uh, people w- used to discard. <laughs> like back in the day, if you had a child that was like deformed or severely like fucked up, like we're talking about like, like you know generations ago, people would just throw their babies in this hole kind of to be like Ew. that's kind of what you think yeah it's a grim stuff right yeah and this guy played by uh is that me no this guy played by uh uh ray wise ray wise says leland palmer that these people are not dead or they, they do eventually these freaks do eventually grow up grow up there is a portal to this world, this underground world that has to be in los angeles and he has gone out there they come out at night and they come out in the dark, and he's seen them, and he wants to show it to them, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, okay, it's kind of one of these things like, okay, let's humor this crazy man and just follow him. So, like, Adam Green's like going to the place with him and kind of, you know, starts off with like, this guy's, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Or, or like, you know, they go out at night and he's like, did you see that? And like, we don't see anything. He's like, because he can't turn on lights or whatever. That's how it starts. And it's, so it's a little bit of like, is this guy telling the truth or not? And they start getting like footage back that they were doing it and then starting to see some stuff. So they start thinking like, oh shit, I think this thing is real. And uh, Ray Wise does a really good job playing this like crazy conspiracy guy. And he has ulterior motives why he wants to find these things. Another thing we're like, it's this Adam Green guy. That's his name, right? Yes. I think he thinks he's a lot funnier and better of an actor than he actually is. He's that got would a, explain Holliston, yes. Yeah, he's he's got a little <laughs> bit of a... Um, of a uh, Eli Roth vibe in the sense of like, really like 
thinks he's so clever because he really likes horror movies and thinks he's like so clever because he's like doing like this stuff, but all this stuff kind of sucks. <laughs> and right. I think, you know, like, so just, it's a, he's a little grating in it, but the idea of, of the movie and the crazy shit that happens in it, again, I would say worth a watch, but one, one of the biggest hurdles is kind of like uh, tolerating him try because it, because it's a bit of a horror movie and a, and a found footage movie but because it's so like um mockumentary it does have a little element of comedy in it right and, and he made what i think is a, I, i'm assuming this is true like the people in the movie are his actual like co-workers and and even what's his face uh the guy who plays hatchet the actor jason Voorhees. what's his name kane hodder kane hodder's in it for a minute and comes by and you know is like hey what are you guys up to and the whole thing like his editor is is in it, and you're like, Kane Hodder can act, obviously, but everyone else kind of can't. So you're just like, Ugh. sure, like why don't you just get an actor to pretend to be your, your whatever your wife or this editor or whatever. But uh, overall, I would say watch it. That one I'll give more of a B minus. It's got it's got some scary shit in it for sure. A B minus. Um, oh, uh, 1922, Stephen King, a short story of one of his books. I don't know what it is. It's a Netflix movie starring Thomas Jane. Uh, it's very good. I, okay. I mentioned it before that yeah. uh, I think uh, Gerald's game is kind of eclipsing it, but uh, it is a very, it's technically a horror movie, but it's more like um, kind of Macbethian in the way of like a, a revenge from beyond the grave kind of movie. Uh, Thomas Jane is a farmer somewhere in rural Kansas, I think. He's got a wife and he's got a son and his whole life is farming and having the farm and the farm is his world and he works really hard and he has a son and his son works on the farm, et cetera, et cetera. <coughs> his wife, on the other hand, <coughs> excuse me, Mm-hmm. either she owns the farm or is getting it in a divorce she's like I want to sell this farm and move to the city in this case it's Omaha and she's like I'm taking her son you can stay out here in this fucking farm for all you want I'm taking the money and I'm leaving I'm taking your son and he's like can't have that so uh, they kill her and you think he gets away with it and then from that point on some shim, some bad shit happens to him and his son and all the people around him and just things go from bad to worse. It's almost like a Job sort of story, although in this case he killed his wife, so maybe he kind of deserved it. But uh, it becomes so it becomes almost like haunted by the ghost of his wife, sort of. So it's more like, uh, I mean, some gross, scary shit happens in it, but it's more mm-hmm. like a thriller, I, I would say, than that like a horror good. movie. It's very good. very good. And, and it all Six ha- episodes, eight episodes? No, it's a movie. Oh, it's a, it's a movie? 1922 is a movie. You're kidding me. No. I 100% thought that was a show. No, it's a movie. Wow. You're not very long, like an hour and a half. Uh, and Thomas J- like the, mind. the whole thing rests on Thomas Jane's performance. He does an excellent job. And I don't know if he, I don't know, if, like, I don't want to say Oscar worthy, but he, he's great. I like him a he's, lot. An, the Mist is fucking awesome. But his character in it is like so specific, specific voice, specific, just like way of mo- Like he, he embodies a very specific, very rich character. This, like, like, pre-depression era Kansas farmer guy who just you know he's at the end of his rope is this woman's gonna take everything he cares his farm and his son so he just you know did what he had to do and then just things go from bad to worse for all of them and you're like oh man like I mean it's it's not a ha- it's not a happy ending but okay. uh, it's great yeah I really enjoyed it check definitely it out watch that. I, now yeah. that I know it's a movie I'll definitely put it on my list tried quicker. watching that slasher show couldn't make it through the first episode or maybe we did watch the first episode it's on Netflix of season slasher. 2 which is like the first season that Netflix made because there's they bought it from somebody. Is it like an anthology? One, like yes. every yeah. Okay, well, the first episode of the first season is terrible. Okay, I'm not gonna watch it. Uh, so you definitely watched the first episode of the first season, not the first episode of this new season. I'm assuming we started from the beginning, yeah. Okay, because I've heard this new one is actually good, and the old one is not. All right, I'll give it a try. <laughs> um, tried watching. Yeah, Mo and I, we 
one night we were like just trying to pick a, a scary show. We and watched that episode. We didn't like it. Yeah, them? we tried the, the the American Horror Story Ronick. We didn't like it. And there was another one that escapes me that we're just like, God damn it! Just a lot of just like motherfucker. Like, can any of these shows please be good? Um, oh, I tried watching the uh, that talk show, The Core, that Sam was talking about. It's a Shutter talk show that Mickey Keating hosts. Yeah, it stinks. Okay. So did you watch the first episode? No. It stinks. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry, okay. guys. I, I like. I thought like, and Mickey's not bad in it. But it's like, it's really stupid. Like they open with like a, like a, like a, a, a Halloween parody because the first one's about the Halloween franchise, at least the movie. They have like a parody that they're both in it. <laughs> uh, Mickey Keating and Adam Green because Adam Green's a guest along with another girl, I forget who. And it was just like, like painfully unfunny. Like, Ooh. like, like that's like, how I feel about most of Adam Green stuff or not, not most of it because I love Hatchet and stuff. Yeah. But like Holliston, I can't watch. He's not funny. Reason. It's just like, and it's, it's one of those things where like, the whole joke on Holliston is that like it's a really obscure horror weird show, but like it has like a like a sitcom vibe, like yeah, studio yeah. audience laughs and claps and stuff. It's like super weird. I don't get it. Yeah, it's a thing where like <laughs> he just has the the whatever the means to make it, and I mean, I'm I'm just looking at this guy and just being like, for whatever reason, no one is around him to really like tell him no or you know push him to actually either write something funnier or hand it off to someone else. You know what I mean? Right. Like all this stuff is just like below the radar enough to where I'm sure you can just make it without any interference. And in this case, a little interference can maybe do him, do, do him some good. Um, right. yeah, so the core, I, I couldn't even make it through the first episode. Sorry guys. Real okay. quick, before we go on to you, the movies that were the shutter recommendations, uh, besides hell house LLC. And I guess digging up the marrow. Uh, also what I'm interested in watching, uh, shrews nest, um, lace crater, uh, okay. Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, which I did watch a little bit of. Shrew's Nest? Shrew's Nest, yes. Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. Yep. Lace Crater. I don't know if this other one was on. I got to look it up. It was the one where he says it's kind of like Spring Breakers, but like it's, it's one falls yeah, yeah. over the a corpse it? or something. It was called Dernotime. It's German for Nightmare, oh. but not. because You said it on the show, you're like, oh, that's German for Nightmare. But when I looked up... Nightmare translation for German, and it wasn't. So, Der Nutmare. Der okay. Nutmare? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that's it. I th- oh, and then I found footage 3D and Kusa, but I've seen those. Okay. So, um, other than that, uh, yeah. Is one of those, I hope one of those is the one that stars the chick from um, Thirst Street. I guess I can look that up. I know What's Thirst Street? It's the one I talked about, the one th- I talked about on that episode. Um, I think that's. Uh, I, I think it's Shrew's Nest. Maybe I'm well, Shrew's Nest is, is uh, Spanish. Oh, never mind. I think it might be Lace Crater. Lace Crater. Lace, as in like... Right. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Lin- Lindsay Burge? Bur- yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Lace okay, Crater. great. Yeah. I want to watch that immediately. Yeah, I watch that, yeah. Okay, so I'll talk about what I saw. The first one, I guess let's talk about The Square, because it's a very weird movie. Yeah, seems interesting. looks it's interesting. It's art house, so like, you know, it's, it has a lot of things to say about... It's kind of a sad. I'd say it's a satire that takes place like in the world, the art world. Like he's a museum curator, and like there's all this fuss about a new exhibit called the Square. Yeah. And uh, the only like it's so vague with what the art is. It's just literally a square on the ground with a plaque next to it that reads, "The Square is a sanctuary of trust and caring. Within it, we all share equal rights and obligations." That's it. So the whole movie, you're just like kind of trying to figure out what. How big's the square? It could fit like I have like like I don't know twenty people inside of it or something. But the idea is, is if someone's inside of it, 
and say like they ask you for money or they ask you for X, you kind of like, you should feel like you have to do it. Like that's kind of the idea. But then like it's kind of poking fun of that idea. Like how like why isn't society like this already? Like why do we need an art project to tell us to be kind or something? Mm. It just has all these big questions. But the plot of the movie itself is, it just goes, it's so bizarre mm-hmm. and it goes off the rails. Um, so basically the chief curator of the museum where that exhibit takes place, his name is Christian. Um, and one of the opening scenes He's like uh, a stranger, like pulls him aside. She's a screaming woman, just in, like he's just walking down the street. A woman starts screaming and screaming, screaming. And he's like, "What the fuck?" And she runs towards him, and she's like, "That guy's gonna kill me. You have to like, like help me." And he mm-hmm. just kind of stands there and doesn't know what to do, and like, you know, tries to yell, "Stop the guy!" And then it's all over within two minutes. Like the guy stops chasing her and walks away, and the girl's like, "Thank you," and walks away. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "What the fuck was that?" They stole his wallet. Is what happened. Ah, uh, there you go. So. Then he gets the idea to track down his like he tracks down his cell phone like it's, it has like you know a find my iPhone or something. They got his phone too. Yeah. So yeah, they took his phone, his wallet, and his, like his cufflinks as well. Damn, um, that's yeah. some grifting right there. Very grifting. <laughs> um. So he tracks his cell phone to like this one building, like he knows it's in this building, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of looks like a housing project, like it's like a big building with a million apartments. Yeah. And they all look shitty. Uh. So his co, I think it's his assistant who has the idea, who's like, why don't we print uh, a threatening letter, but like we'll duplicate it and we'll put it in every door of that building. Yeah. So like basically saying like, I know you stole my phone and if you, don't, if you don't return it, this is what will happen. I know where you live. So he does that um, and it actually gets his phone back pretty quickly. And you're wow. like, wow, that's amazing. But then the repercussions of it start to hit him. Like there's a kid, you know, who's tracking him down because his parents read the letter and think that he's a criminal now. Yeah. Okay. So like it's kind of the movie asks another question just like about, that's um, how the movie starts. Th- this movie starts with the robbery. So and then a, like a lot of the movies, this, 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 this is basically the movie. It, yeah. It's like this happens and it gets to the part. Yeah. But all that's happening with the square and like in the background, they talk about it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm trying to th- remember like, um, just asking questions of like, you know, basically he was selfish, like the unintended consequences that he got from putting himself in a situation and how like he reacts to it and it keeps spiraling for him. Like yeah. he keeps doing worse and worse shit. There's a, so for what, for, to what end? Just cause he's so fixated on his own, his self and like this whole project to trying to, his whole life basically unravels once he starts doing shit like that. Oh. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. I would love it. Is it in it, English? No, mostly not. The cause, cause Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss is in it. Um, her whole thing is kind of superfluous too. Like, She's a journalist who fucks him and then is just super weird about it. And like wants to Oops. she there was a really funny scene. Actually, it's really uncomfortable and funny, but like right after they fuck and he's take he has a condom on and she wants him to throw it away and he just is like like I'll do it in a minute, like relax. But like she, you can tell she like wants his cum for some reason. Oh, she's, she's like, like watch yeah. put in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, and then she like yeah, she brings the garbage to him even. Like it's like super weird. Just flush um, it, dude, like a normal super person. Super weird, super weird. Yeah. You fl- what? Yeah, you flush your condoms, you don't? No. Why not? That sounds like it would clog, really. What would a clog? The toilet. Why would a condom clog your toilet and not a pile of shit? Because it's like material. I don't know. Rubber? I don't know. I've never, never, never done that. Well, you have to, it's fucking gross ass cummy uh, condoms. Cummy condoms in your garbage. Oh, guys, is that garbage can over there filled with used condoms? No. Flush them. There's no condoms in there. (laughs) 
<laughs> Moving on. Uh, it's one condom. I thought I'm like they fill the toilet like twenty of them. It's ridiculous. End of the week, throw them it's all in the toilet. All this thing like don't flush the stuff. It's fine. Flush it. All right. I flush um, garbage all the time. It's way easier than... <laughs> in Brazil, you can't even flush toilet paper. Why not? They don't have a septic tank system or something. So it's what like, do you do? You, there's like everyone has a wastebasket with shitty toilet paper in it next to their toilet. That is insane. Isn't that crazy? Why? That's just the way it is. The toilets aren't strong enough to, to break it down, I guess. I don't know. Oh, God, that's horrible. Oh, <laughs> Let's cross that country. Yeah, okay, okay so uh, <laughs> I will die without going to Brazil. That's insane. Um, there's a really memorable scene in this movie that's like the center of all the ads. But it's like... Another art, what art going too far sort of thing. There's a room full of all these like donors to the to the museum, and mm-hmm. like this guy comes in and he's like acting like a gorilla. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. like that's the whole scene. It's just like it's him, and like there's no there's no end to it. Like he just will like fuck people, grab a woman by her hair, almost rape her, and like see how people react to that. And it's super bizarre. Jeez, and heady yeah, and yeah that is like the the advertising thing of yeah. it. I mean, yeah, it's I I liked it. If it were 20 to 30 minutes shorter, I would say it's a masterpiece. But like, it up, yeah. it, the whole, I think the last 25 minutes or so just like really dragged. Like it's, it was over already. Like, why mm-hmm. are we still here? Um, but I mostly really liked it. Uh, not for everyone, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already mentioned how much I loved Brawl and Cellblock 99. Yeah. But really, like a fucking wild, dude. It is out of control. And then, then don't you think once uh, once Vince Vaughn started kicking everyone's ass, she's like, man, this guy's pretty good at be- being a bruiser. Yeah. Like he just... Because he is a very big gentleman. He's, he's huge. a big guy. And it wasn't like, you know, he's not a ninja. He's not like, you know, doing MMA moves. He's just, he's just beating the shit old out of school people. 70s. I'm bigger. My arms are longer. My fists are like harder. I'm just going to use brute he's, he's brute force. Just grabs a person and starts pounding the shit out of them and like break, like dents their head or like breaks their arms like 90 degrees the other way. Legs, drags like guy's face It's also face long, but it didn't, I didn't, when it was over and yeah. I saw what time it was, I was like, that was two hours and whatever yeah. minutes. I couldn't I, believe it. I feel like it takes it a minute. flew by It takes me. a minute to get to the, to the I brawl. I guess, line. I mean, once he's in the jail, like, you know, it's all going to be great. Yeah, it's on. But like, I enjoyed him even getting to jail. Like, yeah. he, I thought it was tense as hell. Like when yeah. he was, uh, when he went to the, the drug run or whatever, with, with those two oh, guys. Those two fuck. Oh. I know. It was so like, intense. Yeah, it was. You're like, holy fuck, what's going it's on? It's great. Yeah. That, S. Craig Zoller guy. Or yeah, whatever. he's, he's guy. He's got the goods. We should get him on the phone. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, well, um, reach out. I don't know what to do. All right. All right. Uh, I saw Greta Gerwig's directorial debut. I want, wait, Lady Bird. That's why she didn't direct Francis Ha. She wrote it, correct? Uh, I don't even know if she wrote it. She oh. must have co-written it with Noah. Maybe are they maybe still together? She wrote it. I don't know. I think so. Uh, I thought she, she could, wrote I, and directed this. It's clearly very personal. It's about you know a girl in 2003 who's in about to go to college goes to this very uh like the christian school or whatever mm-hmm. you call it with the nuns um it's just a Some of period catholic, yeah. catholic uh period piece but it's like the period 2003 so it's like relatable for people like me it's also weird like do we do a period piece in 2003 where like it's a while There's ago like but a that, dave matthews song in it, but not too far like you know, flip phones and right you know like it's just a very they new limp biscuit album just in, dropped incredibly <laughs> assured like debut for as a director for her it's, she's it's, great dude she's, she's amazing so good, yeah. she wrote it she, it's 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 hilarious Is laughing it? out loud the whole time it's great really sweet will make you tear up a little bit i love will make you want to call your mom i love francis me Hot. too and i didn't like mistress america which is the next one Who, what's mistress america? same thing she stars in it and noah Baumbach directed it uh, um, i heard of that didn't like it everyone loves that one says it even even better i don't i don't agree she's uh she's very she's been my favorite for a long i mean yeah, i had a crush on her in fucking house of the devil where she gets her head blown off in the first few minutes house of the devil 
Greta Gerwig. She's the the oh. eating pizza with her at the beginning, and then she shows up at the door, or she's in her car, and the guy comes up with a shotgun and asks for a lighter. Oh, I didn't and know that was her. Like, You're not the babysitter, and they shoot her in the face. Oh my god, I didn't, re- I didn't catch watch it, it again. Um, she was she's excellent in Baghead. Yeah, yeah, she's excellent in everything. Uh, she yeah, wrote, yeah, she's yeah, she, so she just like I don't charismatic's the right word, but just like you, you can't like. I have a just crush on. Right, her yeah, too. yeah, she's yeah. she's crush material. Just be like she's sweet. She's such a good actress. Very Lady natural. Lady Bird is hysterical though. And What's it's just it about? A, it's about she's just a coming of age story of going a girl. She makes everyone call her Lady Bird, even though her name is whatever it is. Oh, Tracy Letts plays her dad. He's <laughs> incredible in it. He's the best. He's so fucking great. Did you ever see him do improv? No. He used to sit in with TJ and Dave. You know, TJ and Dave's because yeah. like the best. I've never seen him do comedy. Uh, He's hysterical in this movie, though. So I've seen one show where he did it with both of them. And I guess he, he kind of sort of directs TJ and Dave or kind of like checks in with them every once in a while. But I've also seen him do it with just one, either TJ or Dave were out of town. This is back in Chicago. Tracy Letts would sit in. And it was just like, 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 like fucking masterful. Like his acting and his like his command of the audience and then improv too he's like amazing at improv and the, and the tj and dave improv is like it's not joke a minute wackety do it's more like they do two-man plays I mean, I've, okay. seen, I've seen shows yeah, a playwright yeah I've, I've seen s- i've seen tj and dave shows with no laughs but they also were like harrowing stories of like you know addiction or whatever sure like, like you like you, you never know what you're gonna get with it but it's also be something like something somewhat startling anyway so when he sat in with it though it was like holy fuck like he just like people are like oh tj and dave those guys are like the best improvisers they do the best improv it's like yeah with tracy let's with them it was like fucking that guy was, i can't imagine that it's awesome it's so good i don't know how much they do it in chicago anymore but if you ever get a chance it is uh some of the some of the finest theater i've ever seen so anyway awesome yeah so the, the movie's just a coming of age story about a young girl it's very funny high school movie uh yeah her falling you know her like first boyfriend yeah. her just growing up and like what it's like right before you go to college Francis like- Ha really hit on a um for how simple of an idea the movie is you know a girl who wants to be a professional dancer in New York City who's broke and also like kind of like starts with her and her best friend and then they slowly grow apart over yeah. the like that's just a simple I mean such a simple simple movies idea, are the best movies often. but like her just her acting and the moment by moment of it you're just I mean when I watched Francis Ha obviously I don't pursue dancing but I'm a person pursuing a, a, a creative uh, career and I have friends that I've grown apart from just watching like man this is like hitting this yeah. so on the head. It's what hard it's to like watch almost. To like have like, not a falling out, but like your best friend's now just almost a total stranger. And, you know, one day you're like, I'm going to be a this someday. And then the next day you're like, please, can I just have like, Hershey's like, I'm going to be a theatrical dancer, not the other, like, uh, yeah. a Broadway dancer. And then at the end it's like, she's she's just happy to have a gig teaching dancing like a couple times a week or whatever you know like that yeah. like how it goes from i'm gonna be a star to can i please do anything don't make me get a real job sort of sort of thing that people have to struggle with yeah she's great yeah so definitely see ladybird support support that okay what else have i got oh i can talk about jigsaw jigsaw is fine like if you're a fan of the franchise i am not joe is not you'll find plenty to like about it but it's it's hard to recommend because it's really fun until it isn't for me. Yeah. Like it's fun when it's being a Saw movie. This one's very much like it felt more like an Agatha Christie inspiration, and even to the point of, and then there were blank. Yeah, every time there's like a, someone there dies, they, yeah. he was pieces it? with that. Ten Little Indians is yes. that what it's called? Yeah. This has like a very Ten Little Indians plot. It's just like a bunch of people 
in a warehouse that that apparently Jigsaw built, and they're all there. He's dead, right? That's the thing. Like the whole movie, you're wondering, is he dead? Because like the tapes are him. You're like, this is interesting, but it has a. You know, of course, it has a saw twist, <sighs> and the saw twist is a twist they've done before. Oh God! I'll ruin it if you want. Yeah, please do. I'm care. never gonna see it. Spoiler alert for Jigsaw. Saw what eight? Um, the big, the, not even the big twist. One of the twists. Yeah. Is that the whole sequence we've been seeing at the barn with Jigsaw happened ten years before the sequ- the other sequence we're watching at the same time which they did that's number two right and that maybe two I don't remember the, the Danny Wahlberg at least once already so maybe more than once so the whole thing just reveals like this isn't happening at the same time yes that was like, oh, one God, of the huge reveals fuck you and then another huge reveal that was that plot for two the kid was in the safe right behind him yeah <laughs> they're not they're not watching it live it's like it happened a few days ago yeah. or before or whatever so yeah. no, that annoyed the fuck out of me I was like you're gonna like make us wind us up for a twist and you do a twist you've already done. And the whole thing was like, oh, we're the, the, he's back. It's the, it's not a sequel. It's like a so whatever a new a new imagining or whatever. I was totally with this movie until the last. I think it's maybe twenty minutes when it starts expository info dump. It's just like is all of it is so absurd. It just tries so That's hard. That's every single one of those movies, know, Brett. May, well, maybe it's been a while since I've seen them. Oh my god. But when they would when they would retroactively explain what you just saw at the end of every single one. Well, actually this happened in this and this was happening yeah. during this time. It was actually Shawnee Smith and the other blah, blah, blah. It's so fucking dumb. Um there's a I mean some of the traps are there's some good gore in it, I guess, a couple, but there's also it cuts a, it, it must have been a budget thing. They cut away a lot, like mm-hmm. right before good gore is about to happen. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like it felt like the most saw sequel, saw sequel. It just like felt like meta almost. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. But the the death scenes were enjoyable enough. The characters were like fine. Uh, you know, everyone has their own story about why they're there and mm-hmm. like there were just a couple like really dumb moments that was like, come on, like a tape was specifically for one character, but like that character triggered it to happen in a way where there's no way he could have known that it was going to be that person who did exactly. it. So I was just like, what? It never makes sense. It when just it, took me out of it for a minute. Whenever it's like, oh, this happened because of these like Very incredibly hard uh, yeah, yeah. lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really fucking dumb. It's just a Saw movie that the twist at the end, I think is uh, another one is that. The guy you think is like one of the detectives, or like is is the one doing the the new one. No, that's how it was in the, again. They switched, yeah, the, the detectives. They bring it back. They like they're these movies are so enslaved or like beholden to like the past of them, and it's like yeah. n- I don't care. Yeah, them. just like have a new jigsaw and like do more stuff. I hate that they keep trying. They keep tying them back to this one tries really hard to tie back to like multiple saw movies and it's like i don't i don't care at all the, in the in the middle i was it, with it until like until four then. five and six i remember when they were all on uh, netflix it was six like is good it was i don't remember which ones but they all were like the the twist was they were happening during the la- the one before it yeah and you're just like wait so i'm supposed to in the reality of this like because remember when two came out like the 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 idea was like one had just happened you know right. what I mean? Remember, like they find like the, the the corpses of of the victims from one, like they're like barely rotted away. So it was like it was like maybe like a couple of days later or like a week later, and then three was like, oh, this is happening while two was going on. And then from that point forward, it's always like, yeah, this actually has to do with the uh, the ones you just saw. Like it's happening ten minutes later at the same time. You're like, 
who fucking gives a yeah. shit? So I was honestly with this movie up until it did all the saw shit it does. Are like, the saws, it was totally fun. Are all the saws still on? Um, they were. There aren't. I think they're on Netflix right now. Yes. What to do? Like a, a saw fest? A saw week? No. What, uh, what are you doing? Uh, are you going oh, home God. for the holidays for Thanksgiving? No, I'll be. Well, I'll be. I'll be. I'm going home for Thanksgiving, but I'll be here for like Christmas and stuff. We should pick a day and just like want to. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do this. It'd be funny if we did like a live stream or a audio commentary to all of them. Like watch them all in a row. Do they have to have people come by as like a different guest each hour to come watch? Yeah, that was like know. when Gil Ozeri did Entourage-a-thon, which is my favorite thing ever. Yeah, we could it do was like 30-something hours. We could do like the Saw. Well, what, how many Saw movies are there? Uh, eight, and they're probably all 90 minutes. <laughs> Qu- we, 720 minutes. How many? Can we, we do that in a, <laughs> we do that in, in a day? Uh, Maybe how uh, listeners? You guys want the sawathon? Do math for us. Tell us how long it would take. To no, if that's something you guys want to. We could just would do anyone. It? Would anyone listen do it on to that? Facebook Live? Maybe or we'll have or like two people watching it, and we'll just stream? be going insane. Yeah, I know. We have people drop by, drop in to kind of like live do the show with us and kind of give us their thoughts or whatever. We'll have a rigorous schedule planned. I guess that sounds bo- annoying, but maybe. Yeah, right. maybe. If anyone's interested in that, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I also know. saw I watched on Netflix The Mayorowitz stories the, the new Noah Baumbach Is that any good? It is It's great It's If you like People uh, seem to Just talky dramas Just about like a family What was the thing? Someone Oh no wait That's the one with Adam Sandler Yeah it's Adam Sandler D- Dustin Hoffman uh, so the, new, the newest The Ben Stiller one was the Ben one, right? Stiller's in that too yeah. No but the other one Where like Ben Stiller Like kind of has a flirtatious Relationship with a college student What's that movie called? Uh, he takes his daughter to college, and while he's there, he like befriends another college person, like a person about to graduate college. I think I think also like he's like a a writer who's kind of like past his prime, and it's kind of like old guy having Are a. You talking about the most read the recent one? Yeah, Brad Status. Yeah, I saw that. It's not about the girl thing. Is just like it's part of it. In it. Yeah. How, how was that movie? It was good. Someone it had was, a, a thing I read like they had like a problem with it, like that like whole thing about. I mean, I don't know. There's a scene that I could I could see maybe being problematic, I guess. But no, nah, it was fu- it was good. Mm-hmm. It was just it was like a very good. Um, it, it felt like catharsis for Mike White or something. To he wrote it. Oh, yeah. It felt like it was like. Um, yeah, isn't he like the whole I'm scene? Having a midlife crisis and like, let me write about it. Yeah, the whole scene was, was like, she's personal. like, I want to be a writer like you, and he's like, it sucks or like, here's why. Yeah, no. Yeah, and like, I think maybe the problem someone had with it was the way he treated his wife. Probably, I mean, that's like, it. they, it's Jenna Fisher, and he, it's just she's she's barely in it, but like the way he treats her, it's like it's for like a movie's his internal monologue, and he like is basically like always talking about her in a very negative like I can uh. do better way. It's kind oh, of weird. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, so that movie was all right. Uh, what else did I see? Oh, I saw My Friend Dahmer. Oh, how was that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know how I felt What'd about it. What did you think it. of it when you saw it? It, it? it was watchable. It's definitely like it's under just under two hours. Mm-hmm. It could have been a little shorter, I guess. But it's interesting, but I don't understand who it's for or why mm. you would make it. Because it succeeds in making you feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, because the whole thing is like... Look, the whole thing is about his childhood, like him shitty. in high school. Yeah, it was really shitty, right? He had a very weird mom, crazy mom, mm-hmm. who was in the mental hospital and mm-hmm. out of it. Um, And it's mostly about him and... I don't know how true it is. It's based on a book. I don't. Uh, his friends and... He had friends in high school. He became popular by being like the spaz, if that makes sense. Like, he would like 
do like then like hop around and everyone would be like haha look at how funny he is and he, that's how we got like sounds hilarious yeah and this like group of friends like latched onto that and we're like hey like we're gonna like you know take you to the mall and we'll do that and like everyone will think it's real funny and they'll pay to see it and so like his friends were like not really friends are always taking advantage of him you just watch this kid's really sad existence he's always messing with you know his dad was a chemist, I guess. So, like, mm-hmm. he's always, like, dissolving roadkill and acid and stuff and doing crazy shit. I guess what's the point of the movie? That's my whole thing. It ends with him picking up his first victim. Like, what's his name? Stephen Hicks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ends with him, like, hitchhike, picking up a hitchhiker. And you're like, oh, he's going to kill him. And then the movie's over. So the movie kind of ends where it should begin. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, a whole movie about shit that you're like, yeah, I don't... You want me to feel bad? Yeah, this what? This guy ended up raping and murdering 17 young dudes yeah and like eating them and stuff yeah yeah so i don't understand who it's 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 technically very competent it's well made Mm -hmm. it's well directed what's the point of like i don't understand humanizing dumb or i don't understand why it exists it's pretty weird yeah it's very weird um what else oh i saw i heard it was good so i went uh only the brave the movie based on the granite mountain um firefighters who like their specialty is they're called hot shots and they put out forest fires and that's like a very intense job um based on a true story mm-hmm. uh i should have read the true story before because i didn't know how fucking devastating it's gonna be it's what very it? sad it's what? just like spoiler alert i guess it's a story about a bunch of guys who are gonna die at the end like in a horrible fire oh jesus uh, who's in it josh brolin miles teller taylor kitsch i don't think i've seen even trailers for this um it came and went very quickly it's gone um Directed by Joe Kaczynski, who did Oblivion, which I never saw, with Tom Cruise, and uh, Tron Legacy is his big movie. Um, Tron Legacy. This is a movie that I think I tweeted recommend you know, you're, you're recommended to your dad or your parents. Like it's sure. very like yeah. T- it's a two and a half hour movie just about this crew and like how they went from like a ragtag group of really good firefighters to getting the status and then fighting all these fires. There's an inspirational story there. Miles Teller's character is a crack addict or a meth head who, you know, found out while he's fucking cracked out one day, he finds out like, you know, his ex-girlfriend is pregnant with his kid and like he wants to be better for her. So mm-hmm. he uh, be, tries, tries out for this firefighting team and like there's no fucking way in hell he should have made it. But Josh Brolin, who runs it, is also an ex-addict. Okay. So he gives him a shot. So it, it really, it's really emotionally, I don't know how much, how true all that part is, yeah. but it's very emotionally manipulative and like by the end, it's like hard not to fucking ball. It's very Aww. sad. Um, great movie. I thought it was great. Okay. Like I highly recommend it. I think it's already gone. Um, watch it on VOD when that comes out. I also saw the Tanya Harding movie. Oh, how's that? Of that I want to see it so bad. They did a screening at Alma Draft House. It was awesome. Jeff Galuli. Jeff Galuli. Uh, so this movie is just great. It's great because the story itself is so batshit crazy. I don't know how many listeners, I'm sure many of you know the Tanya Harding story and how, you know, Nancy Kerrigan getting hit with the pipe and uh, mm-hmm. ruining her chances of winning the Olympics. No, she got a silver anyway. Yeah, no, he's, he's trying to get her out of it because they don't, uh, so, so the she way would the, win. I yeah. don't know how true the movie is. Do you know a lot about this story? Yeah, I know, probably, I know enough. So I, you know about the friend, like Jeff Galuli's friend Shane, who's like kind of is the mastermind behind it? Uh, that, like that, the fat guy? That's the crazy. theory. Yes, yeah, so th- it was a bodyguard, yeah. The theory is that... Yeah, the bodyguard thing, again, is like just another like... Go on. Tell it's everyone's word against that. everyone else's. Like the thirty for thirty about it is so fucking fascinating. So Nancy Kerrigan is 
beautiful and perfect and for money and kind of primed to be the best figure skater on the women's team. Tanya Harding is from a poor white, white trash, trash background. She's just kind of like excels at it, but her mom is, you know, her mom in the movie is Allison Janney. Who's going to win a fucking Oscar for this. Her mom's Incredible. crazy. Her mom's just like verbally insane. abusive and saying, so the fact that she had gotten this far and was actually like a, a, a successful figure skater in her own right is unbelievable. And clearly she's got some screws loose because she, uh, was basically abused by her mom her whole life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then yeah. what? And then she also has this uh, boyfriend, Jeff Galuli, who her story. So later, someone attacks uh, Nancy Kerrigan. She's coming out of practice. A masked person runs by, hits her in the leg with a a, a, a bat like a or a pipe or something, or something yeah. like that, breaking her ankle or breaking her femur or knee. But it's fu- like her yeah, knee, yeah, fucking up her leg really bad, right? So holy shit! And then soon, and almost right away, because if you watch the thirty for thirty, the cops are the investigators. Such an easy. It was so easy to trace it back to the yeah. Shane dude. Yeah. And they're like, "Here's the Shane guy who did it. Why'd you do it?" And I don't know what he told. He's the, insane. What he told the cops, but then they could connect Shane to Jeff Galuli, who is clearly Nancy Kerrigan's uh, boyfriend. And they're like, husband "What the fuck?" At the time. Oh, husband. Yeah. So or maybe ex-husband even at the time. She says Nancy Kerrigan's part of the story is, um, I was always really jealous of Nancy Kerrigan. Or Tanya Harding. So, yeah, Tanya Harding says I was always really jealous of Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. Made no bones about it. Vented to her hu- her husband then all the time. I hate this girl. Like she's taking the spotlight. She's gonna win and not me. And she says that her husband and the buddy took it upon themselves to do this. She had no idea. And people kind of buying it. I don't think she ever went to jail for it. I think there was no evidence against her. But Jeff and the Shane guy went. Shane definitely went. Did Jeff? They both went to jail for only a very short period, like eighteen months maybe. Yeah. And then she got. Hard for life from figure skating. Well, she was she was able to compete in one of them. So before, right, right. 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 So then she could have she could have won, but she didn't. She blew it. So the postscript to that also is, so they they both do go to the Olympics. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan gets the silver. Yes, which is incredible. By the way, uh, someone on the. You know, China or something. Something like you know, give me a fucking break. American figure skating. It's like, of course we're not gonna win. And then uh, Nancy Kerrigan, though, famously uh, started her routine. I'm sure it's online because my my mom actually told me to film it or not film it, uh, record it off a TV because she had to work. It was over whenever I was home, probably Christmas break. And man, Tanya Harding comes out like tries to do like a move and like fucks it up kind of like a thing of like like doesn't even like like name like like falls like goes to do like a triple jump and then like bails the last second almost like almost like a 180 yeah like like, like really like broad embarrassing looking thing and then she walks just stops in the middle of it and ice skates over to the judge and puts it and she's just like my laces my pointing at her choosing this and then basically was saying that she wants to get a restart because there's something wrong with her laces or whatever i think they did let her do it and she didn't even place no, no. It's just like she got like a, a mediocre score, and so that whatever. seems all accurate. Um, I guess it's maybe a spoiler alert because I don't know if it's this movie version or the real version. So spoiler alert for the movie if you don't want to know. If you if you if you can though, see the thirty for thirty. It's so fascinating. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Chef Galuli. <laughs> Chef Galuli. So the movie is hysterical. It's a, uh, yeah, of course. The movie's yeah. hysterical because they know the story's batshit and they lean into it. Yeah. So it has like a mockument or a fake documentary feel. Yeah. Where like. It occasionally will cut to like Jeff Galuli, Tanya Harding, and Shane talking to a camera, and but then it will go present what happened. Yeah. It also has that perspective of like because they're always competing narratives. Yeah. So like Tanya will be like, "This is what happened," and then Jeff Galuli will be like, "No, no, no, this is what happened," and they'll, and they'll show the dramatized version of both. Yeah. Wait, so, they're the actual people are in it? No, no, no. Okay, they're yeah. all the actors. It's, Mar- it's Margot actors. Robbie, right? Margot Robbie and Allison Janney's her mom, and I don't know who anybody else was. Um, it looks good. The trailer looks really good. Great. You went to a screener or it's out? Screening. Oh, I can't wait to it's see it. It's not out. Movie. It's out in like December. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, if you want to know what the what the movie posits, I Please. think it's interesting. What does it say? Um, basically, the way the movie presents it, Tanya really didn't know much mm-hmm. or at all about it. She just surra- I mean, I think that's pretty logical the, that she the, surrounded herself with fucking maniacs. Idiots. idiots. Because yeah. of how she was raised. Of course she has an abusive boyfriend who's, but who's the, an idiot the, or husband. But the abusive Jeff Galuli's in, uh, version of it in mm-hmm. the movie is that the whole plan the whole time between Shane and him was to send Nancy Kerrigan a threatening letter saying that they were going to do that right. and not actually doing it. And that... Uh, and then Shane got mad with power and basically told them to do it instead of write the letter. Um, and Shane is, a, is, is the most interesting character in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy's like famous for being an idiot. He's crazy. He's the kind of guy who just is a compulsive liar. Mm-hmm. And like when he was being, they showed actual interview footage at the end of him. Yeah. And like it mirrored, I, I thought it wasn't too crazy to be real. It was totally real. Oh, Where he, right. he says, like, I'm a secret agent. I have like, you know, I work in all these countries as an international man, like spy. And they're like, no, we've looked into it and you don't. So please explain that. And he just keeps lying. On on the stand? No, or in, in an interview with like ABC or something. Just insane. So the whole movie is him making claims wait. like that and being yeah. like, he, to him, he's like, we just changed the course of history. Like, look what I did. He's yeah. so amazed by it. And it is amazing. He's watching himself, watching it on the news being something that he made happen. I mean, yeah, it's Italian. Um, it's crazy. He's like, hey, but basically, uh, Galuli, it's like Shane did everything. Galuli's whole plan was to do a death threat sort of thing because... Margot or Tanya Harding had a death threat at one of her practices and couldn't go out or one of her competitions and thus couldn't pr- perform. Oh, so do a death threat for the Olympics like of Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, because like that her. happened to them. And then you, ah. re- it's revealed later, spoiler alert again, Shane called that one in to begin with. Why? On Tanya Harding so he could start this whole, because he's crazy and he wanted to do this whole thing. They wow, kind of posit weird, he's yeah. like a mad, a mad lunatic. Eh, um, so the movie kind of blame, blames it all on him. Uh, and Tanya, but it also makes a point of showing Tanya Harding, which is this is true. My friend, who was an ice skater fanatic, who saw it with me, mm-hmm. told me like that part of it was very real. What that she would never admit anything is her fault. Right. Yeah. It's always the laces. It's always the blade. It's always this. It's out of my control. I can't do it. Dude, when they when they when they if you watch the thirty for thirty, they do interview the mother, and it's just she, like she, she had the bird on her shoulder. And to, and, that in the movie too. and Tanya Harding, and of course Tanya's just like yeah, same thing. Like going, but then when they go to the mother, it's just she's just like Tanya is you know never. Admits that she's wrong, Tanya. Like the mo- the mom is crazy in real life because she, when they get to her, well, her like like daughter, like, like like mother, like daughter. Her mom was like, "Let me explain to you why Tanya's such a bad person. She's always up to no good. She does all like she just like has nothing nice to say about her own daughter." And then you cut to Tanya, and she's just like, "Yeah, everyone around me is an idiot. Doesn't know what they're doing." It's like, yeah, of course, of course, they're both exactly the same, and in, in the sense of like, I'm surrounded by idiots, and everything's everyone else's fault. You gotta see the movie. It's I really can't good. wait I mean, I to see this movie. I just described it a lot, but it's good. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, three billboards outside Evan, Missouri. God damn. Martin it. McDonough's new movie. Yeah. He did In Bruges, and I believe what's his other one? Seven Psychopaths, not the best. In Bruges is incredible. In Bruges is the best movie ever. Uh, three three billboards outside Evan, Missouri refers to three billboards that. Uh, it's a true story, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it is. I don't think so. All right, we'll keep talking. I'm gonna look at um, it. Uh, it's about a woman in outside Evan, Missouri. Who puts up billboards that say "raped while dying and still no arrests"? How come Chief Willoughby? Yes. So basically, she is calling out the local police department for not investigating uh, the death of her daughter well enough. Crazy. Um, it's and it does it, but it, while it's do, it's a very serious subject matter that's taken. If you know Martin McDonough's humor, it's very dark, mm-hmm. and the movie is hysterically funny while also being really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. 
never once predictable. Like there's things that happen no, in it that I'm like, so oh my God, did not see that coming. It's pretty devastating actually. Um, it also stars, so it's Frances McDormand who should win an Oscar for it. I, I think she will, she will definitely mm-hmm. be nominated. Uh, Woody Harrelson's the chief, Chief Willoughby. Mm-hmm. And then Sam Rockwell is my favorite part of the movie. As a very racist cop who, uh, she asked him how the N-word torturing business goes. And his problem with that sentence was, hey, it's the colored person's torturing business. Oh, like Jesus. that's kind of, yeah, yeah. it's a really good critique of like, it makes fun of like, you know, police. There's actually a scene that got like groans because it was kind of like, mm-hmm. I forget what Woody Harrelson says. He goes, uh, you know, if it, if you get rid of all the people who want to kill the black people, then all then you'll have, all you'll have left is people who hate fags or something. He's oh, like, Jesus. like basically just, they imply that all cops are bad. This whole movie yeah. kind of is like cops are terrible. Um, it get it goes very far. Uh, Sam Rockwell's performance as a very racist asshole is mm-hmm. amazing. He's very. It makes you like. It's almost sympathetic towards him too. By the end of it, really, uh, and you actually end up kind of liking him. For for you'll see why. I thought this is based on a true story. I don't think so. I mean, okay. it's it could it's one of the movies that could be, but like yeah. I think it's just a really well written uh, mm-hmm. fictional thing. Uh, it's great. It's one of the best movies of the year, probably. Mm. Uh, you should rush out and see it. I think it opens wide in a few weeks. Can't wait. Um, and then I guess the last two are Tragedy Girls and Mayhem. Let's do it. The main event. Eh, hardly. I don't have much to say, really. Yeah, we got the. I, I missed out on the screener for uh, Tragedy Girls. Tragedy what was, Girls. What's her face? Uh, what was Megan had said that she was going to go see it. Who? Uh, a fan of ours. On oh, the, on yeah. The Megan Remember Baker, she was I like, think, just tweeted that at me that she liked it. Really? We told her to skip Snowman, so she said she was going to see Tragedy Girls. Mm. Megan, if you saw it, how was it? She said she liked it just now, I think. Um, okay. Excuse me, I burped. Um, it's this movie. It's just, It's. I think the premise in the pitch room was like, clueless, but a horror movie. Okay. Like, get obnoxious teen girls in there. And just have them yip and yapping and have them talk. The whole thing is them. It's a movie about a gr- girls who have a blog called Tragedy Girls. It's a website about like, you know, murder and stuff like that. And in an effort to make their blog better or even to make them more famous, I guess, mm-hmm. they start killing people. So the opening scene is them luring a, a teenage boy to his death. Uh and the whole point of that is so they can capture the serial killer. Then they capture the serial killer and just like lock him in their house. And kind of like want to learn from him. Okay. And I also think they may want to blame all their murders on him, but it's not super clear. Mm. Um, it's just a movie that I think it doesn't work because the characters are so fucking obnoxious, and that's the point. Like they make it a point to say the whole premise is like, and eh, look at all these, look what social media has done to these people. Like they're like obsessed with likes. Like, oh, if we murder this person, look at like this many retweets. Like, oh man, they, the tech, the dialogue is really obnoxious. What will people, the links with millennials will go to to be popular online, right, guys? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's so the whole stupid. thing. Like we got a comment already, and it's not a spam bot. Like I wrote down all this oh, dialogue. God. We're not going to become horror legends without a serial killer. Like that's why they think they need to do it. We need a hundred thousand followers by prom. Like why? Like, that's they just that's their plan. They just want it. Uh, wasn't uh, the babysitter was a little, a little bit like that too? It right? reminded me of the babysitter in a lot of ways. Man, there's obnoxious. nothing more obnoxious when adult men try to write dialogue for teenage girls. Yeah, right. It's just it's so it's yeah. a, it's the most painful thing to sit through. I will say about it though. Yes, there's there are redeeming qualities. Uh, the gore yeah. it, when there is gore is fucking gross and like it's mostly like after the fact like they'll be like dismembering a body or something you're like wow that's pretty gross mm. um, but there's also a death scene it's uh, uh, what's his name Craig Robinson's in it for a minute 
Okay. He plays. Is he like a producer? And they were kind of really pushing him out there in the yeah in that weird pressing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I Craig don't know. Robinson is in this movie. Like okay. Uh, he plays a. I think this part is funny about it that he plays like a fireman, but like he's a local fireman that like everyone knows for some reason. Okay. Like, I thought that in itself was funny. Um, but he gets killed in the in a in a in like with a bench press. And it's really fucking disgusting. Okay. Like it's like a bar like takes his top of his head off. <laughs> it's really disgusting. Um, and like, so like there are the death scenes are funny, but also like these people are just murdering innocent, nice people. And like, you mm-hmm. kind of feel bad. It's just, and then the movie wants you to sympathize with them by the end. Like it really does. It really wants you to like them, mm-hmm. but it's, it's also awful. Like they kill the, uh, the last scene is them killing like everyone at prom, mm. <laughs> like locking the doors and like setting it on fire and shit. Oh Jesus! So it's really dark, and it, yeah. I, I kind of applaud it for going at that, that dark. I'm like, sure. well done, you did it. But I just it left a bad taste, and I was like, this is gross. There's even like a subplot with like a, a her love interest, and like motherfucker gets killed too. Like she doesn't care. Ugh. Um, it's just really twisted and dark, and it's it's not funny enough to justify it mm. for me. It's supposed it's trying to be funny, but mostly it just made me roll my eyes and thought it was obnoxious. I didn't get it. Sorry, Megan. Let me know what you liked about it. It's harmless. Like it's it's not the it's worst just, thing. It's I've just seen. like whatever. I just didn't. I watched the whole thing. Okay. That's a testament to it. <laughs> I, I I've, I've you know I stopped watching stuff if it's really bad. And then another movie that I, I made not have finished if I wasn't doing it for the show was Mayhem. I do want to see it. I thought it looked really good. You oh, I guess I had... before that I want to mention that uh, another thing I found annoying about uh, uh, Tragedy Girls. Tragedy Girls is that it like, kept was so obnoxious and like referencing modern horror. Oh, enough with that. There's like literally someone asked, mm, did you see martyrs? And okay. Yeah. And just like, mm, that's some serious, uh, or I'm getting into more European stuff. Let's talk about murders. And then like, there's a couple memorable kills and someone says, that's some final destination shit. Oh God. It's just like, I'm sick with like, if you're going to make a horror movie, like stop referencing, other not, I, if you're gonna reference them, do them like in a sly homage way. Don't like just say it. Yeah, and it's, is, is it really that hard to like Google like obscure horror movies to so be like yeah, act, no. act like a uh, act like a uh, martyrs is like such like a uh, yeah yeah you know that movie that's like the most popular horror movie. <laughs> yeah, so I just watched Mayhem right before this, and like I have nothing really to say. Like it's exactly like every other office culture horror movie which we've seen. More than like the uh, Severance did it first, I think. Yeah. Which is basically take Office Space and make it horror. Yeah. Then the Belko experiment did the same thing. There's a, the Vampire Killer movie, there's like my boss is vampires or some shit like that. that. Did the same thing. Yeah. And now there's Mayhem, which stars what Stephen Wynn Stephen from Yen? Stephen Yen from Walking Dead, who I think is not on anymore. I think he's dead. Um, yeah, he got killed. Yeah. The he premise of this movie opens with like telling you that there's a disease called ID Seven. Which causes people to lose control of their psychological faculties, basically turning people into their into their ids. Like they have, it's not like their basest impulses will come out. Like if you want to kill your boss, you're going to kill your boss. Right. So like, the start of the movie shows you that, and then it shows you that uh, a man was in the when when it spreads to the U.S., a man got got off. He killed his his you know his boss or something, mm-hmm. and he got off because the defendant's lawyers argued that you no, know, since the it, virus it a, hinders yeah. your capacity. Like he's he's not at fault. Okay. So the movie from then on, you see you meet Stephen Wynn. His name is Derek. He's an up and comer at this law firm. He's been working his ass off for six years and doesn't really, yeah. you know, um, he just uh, eventually he gets framed for some account that went bad and he gets fired. Oh. And the day he gets fired is the same day that this virus is spreading in their office, so they get quarantined in there. There's also a woman there who 
you know, the bank was about to foreclose on her house. So mm -hmm. she's there to try and get it. And then he kind of teams up with her to take down the big bosses. So they're going to kill everyone there. Yeah. But the movie kind of ties itself in a knot because the whole thing is like it shows you like, you know, when you're when you have this disease, you're not it's not you and you, you're not liable. Yeah. But the whole the, but Stephen Wynn's character knows that. Right. And he's like using that, and he's like, "It doesn't count." Yeah, it doesn't count. He's like, yeah. "I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna murder you guys," and like, it's because of this disease, so it's not. But then, knowing then like, that, is yeah. that the disease talking? It's yeah, because like, yeah. because well, if, if someone was like a, a heroin addict, yeah, and was like wanting to kill us pretty good money to get more heroin, yeah. it can't be. Oh, it wasn't them? It was the the addiction? You yeah, know? you know, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I like that. It leans into that, and that's the whole. That's the and then like maybe you're thinking it goes like bigger, or like has a bigger thing to say about it. No, it's just this dumb movie. It's more concerned about like trying to like showing you a, f a high body count, high body yeah, count. And even then, they don't. When it cu it cuts, it often it's one of those movies where it, there there's blood splatters on the wall a lot, but like there's not actual. You don't see much. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I can't think of rough time I had any movie that's been like, I'm killing everyone that I hate at work being any good. Yeah, it's just right. It's like, like the central premise wears thin too quickly. I, I this is it's better, just, it's it's just better than Belko, but Belko is terrible. It's just so such like a. I don't know, empty, played out sort of. Yeah. If there, I, rather than that, there's a lot of movies that are like it. Just the whole idea of like, I'm gonna kill everyone at work at a job I hate. You know, my annoying coworkers all the way up to my boss. You know, it's just it's such like an empty premise. Like, oh god, you know. I mean, you can't do a, a one where people kill everyone in high school because everyone's worried about school shooters. But just that same sort of thing of like, yeah, it's a, it's such an obvious idea, right? And there's nothing to be said in it. The, the, those movies never say anything because they don't get past the part of like, I'm going to go to the accounting department and kill Carol in accounting because she's such a bitch. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna kill her with this stapler or whatever. Like, whatever. Yeah, it's... I just... I have no patience for these movies. I can't believe I watched all of it. Hey, didn't the movie uh, Death Wish get... Uh, get uh, it got moved because of shootings and stuff, I think. Yeah. It's still coming out. Fingers crossed it doesn't. It just looks bad. Yeah, it looks terrible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe Lynch. Me, yeah. Joe Lynch's last movie was Everly, the one where Sam Hayek stuck in a room and just shooting people. It's just like he has all these high concept premises that don't really do much or, for me. Or these like obvious concept movies. Yeah, they're not even high concept. Just, this one especially felt someone, like so stale. Yeah, I was like someone, watching it like this movie should have come out a decade ago. Yeah, there's that idea why. of like someone who does like an excuse to like work out a, a murder fantasy. But the excuse is so, yeah, there's this virus if you get it. You and there's nothing more to whatever. it. Like this movie really just it happens and it's over. And uh, nuts. And I really watch it. it, but I, I didn't care for it. Nah, I'll skip it. Um, and I think we've almost been talking for two hours. We should stop. Okay. Uh, and this was the catch-up episode of The New Flash. Next week, I want to Oh, wait. Watch we're just stopping now. I'm sorry. Why? Uh, no, no, no reason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then... Hey, I, do you want to do the turkey shoot next week? Oh, Next fuck. week is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, or we could do the one after Thanksgiving. Um, the turkey slaughter. Excuse me. Turkey shoot is uh, uh, copyrighted. Uh, sound <laughs> opinions... Uh, yeah, um, we can do the turkey shoot next. But I was gonna say we should also talk about Super Dark Times. It's another movie that is out. What is that? On VOD. I sent you a link about a week ago. Um, I don't know. Did you? It looks good. We should watch it. We should rent it. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about that. But yeah, we can do a turkey shoot. We can do both. Yeah, we'll do. Okay. Both. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, rate and review the pod if you're still listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.